0: Expanding Universes.
1: Richard Belzer, that's... Yeah, Richard Belzer. It's gonna be a bummer
0: when he dies, because he was, like, a legendary, like, 80s boom comedian. Yes! That's what I was about to say. That's
1: what I was about to say. I mean, he was, you know, percolating in the 70s, but, like, yeah, he really thrived in the 80s. And the, The interesting thing about Manny Munch is, like, he was created on another show.
2: He well, was created for Hill Street Blues,
3: oh. I think.
1: Or maybe it was a different one. What,
3: maybe it was Homicide? Of... I
0: think it
1: was Homicide.
3: Like, yeah,
0: Homicide. Street. Yep, It was yeah, Homicide. He was
1: a detective on that. And, and then... then he he showed up in a couple of those shows, and then he made his way to SVU. Oh. Yeah, he showed up in Law and
0: Order, the regular one, and then he also showed up I'm in Arrested of... Development. <laughs> he showed up in The X-Files as Munch at one point. Really? Like in one episode. Yeah. Wow. So it's like you can say that all of these things like take place in that mm-hmm. universe if yeah. you really think or about it. Or he's a
3: plane walker. <laughs> and goes from universe to universe
0: have you have, actually have you heard that like that um what is it, the the elsewhere theory? It's like the grand theory that every single TV show ever made takes place in the same universe because of Sane elsewhere
3: oh. I didn't. Is Saint Elsewhere the one that ends where it's like a snow globe?
0: Exactly, because of that ending.
3: Oh, d- doesn't the kid like put it up on a shelf and there's a bunch of other snow globes? That I think that have, might be it. Like other TV. That shows That might be it. I can't remember. Like I don't know
0: enough about it. I just remember I like read the Wikipedia article for it one day yes. and it like really hurt my brain because <laughs> <laughs> it's like obviously it's stupid, but at the same time, you know, it's like I don't know. It's like reading conspiracy theories for TV, mm-hmm. even though like all these universes are fake. <laughs> yeah.
3: I know. Oh man. There's a part in this freaking book. Yeah, let's works. get to the book. Oh yeah. Should we shut the door?
0: Yeah, we should probably do that. I've been recording.
3: Oh.
0: <laughs> um, but you know, oh, really? I don't know when I'll start it, you yeah. know, for the actual podcast. Doesn't matter. We'll add an in-post. Yeah, exactly. We'll just add an in-post. So uh yeah, we're with this book, Lando Carissian and the Mind Harp of Shiru. Uh this is Expanding Universes. Uh this is uh one of your hosts, Victor. And the other, host. and this is
1: Cole. Sorry, instead oh, of mind blowing.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to Turn down your mic preemptively. Thank you. You know I'm a loud talker. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're here uh, <laughs> uh, reading uh, Lando Kurosian and the Mind Harp of Shrew. I mean, we're not going to read it to you. We're going to, you know, talk about it. Um, and we have uh, Isabel Johnson, Izzy, in the studio. Um, Hi, everyone. Izzy is a writer. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, we were also on the same uh, legendary improv team.
3: <laughs> r Rest in peace, Megan.
0: Yeah, at DePaul University. Um, so, yeah, we go back a
3: little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a
0: while since college. So, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, it's been a while.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Amen to
3: that. Uh, ex Improviser is one of those labels that I hold very dear. <laughs> <laughs> I got out. Yeah. It, 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 it
0: feels good to get out at the same time, though, mm. because I look back at it and... Um, It seems like such a bizarre world because on the one end, I think improv classes are like a wonderful, amazing thing. And I think being on an improv team is a wonderful, amazing thing. And it is a true art form Mm -hmm. and it is beautiful to see it performed and to do it and to participate in it. But at the same time, it is a fucking cult (laughs) and they gouge you for money. And also Sharna Halpern is... They
3: exploit your labor. That's the one thing. I mean, I have a lot of personal experiences that I don't think are... Universal, but I do think the one universal thing is that they ask you to pay money, or like us in college, or like they round up a bunch of eighteen year olds who don't know any better, and then mm-hmm. are like, "Come out here, we're gonna charge your friends five dollars a ticket to see you," and then that money just goes somewhere, yeah, but not into my pocket.
1: So, Victor, you were you were my introduction to improv in the world of improv, and years later when BoJack came out, that whole bit with Todd,
3: that Scientology episode. Woo. I still have
1: not seen BoJack. um, I never finished it, if I'm being honest. I love the show, but it was... I'm a person who can't watch things that are really sad (laughs) and it gets way too real I I, I um, love to
0: be dismissive of it as a joke and just call it like depression horse as other people call it (laughs) (laughs) there's a whole
1: thing where Todd does improv though and they really play up the cult aspect yeah
3: I think that there's I've seen I feel like there's been a wave now where we can kind of make fun of improv a little bit more Mm -hmm. as insiders as opposed to like outside people it's a lot like Star Wars or like nerd culture or anything where people get Really
0: into it like yeah and i mean there was there was definitely like predecessors like doing it before it was cool mm-hmm. <laughs> like i recall <laughs> seeing conor o'malleys facebook and this was like before he was like a writer on the what was it like he's a writer on seth meyers i mm. think or maybe he left he, he left but yeah yes but i just remember like looking at his facebook because i like saw that he had like mutual friends with me and it was just like all like these deranged rants about sharna halpern <laughs> and how like she was gonna pay him millions of dollars for his like new improv form that he oh created my <laughs> he kept on calling her shar baby um, and it was the funniest thing.
3: Char baby. Yeah. That sounds like an impromptu
0: name. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't give anybody ideas. That's
3: my favorite joke.
0: The last I heard, um, people were making jokes about the fact that Sharna lets her dogs go in the kitchen at I.O. And I'm like, that is disgusting. <gasps> oh, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs>
3: oh, God. I miss... Just
0: like health code stuff. Yeah. yeah
3: that's, that's old Chicago, baby. <laughs> yeah, you know.
0: Well, anyway, nothing prep <laughs> talk. Um, Izzy, uh, we talked a little bit about Star Wars earlier. Uh, mm. So, like, what kind of brought you to Star Wars? How? What was your introduction to it?
3: I don't really remember a time where Star Wars wasn't in my life. Mm. Probably because my cousins um, on my mom's side, her older brother, married a Catholic woman. Oh, okay. and so those kids were named were were raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. And I'm from California, so Catholics were like few and far between in my wow. particular okay. neighborhood. Yeah. Um which is my favorite part about living in the Midwest now is that I feel like some sort of like old timey, like pith helmet wearing explorer. (laughs) like figuring all of this stuff out like yeah catholicism
0: is huge here these
3: strange customs but anyway um he was the kind of guy who like once the internet was more ubiquitous would like look up on like that website whether like certain movies were appropriate for his children or not oh
1: oh boy
0: i've looked at these websites too and i read them for fun
3: yes and like weirdly a lot and he would always like get on our case about playing game boy for too long or like whatever Uh shout out to my uncle. (laughs) He uh but weirdly, like one of the only like sets of movies that they were allowed to watch kind of carte blanche were Star Wars and Mm. Lord of the Rings.
1: That is so so strange.
3: Yeah. There's
1: so much violence. There's so
3: much going on, but I think that was like one of those things that I think my mom has stories of seeing Star Wars in theaters or like one of the later episodes. So I think it was something that that side of the family was into and then he wanted to share it with his kids anyway like we saw those cousins all the time growing up and so i feel like i got a lot of star wars sort of vicariously through them and then every time we went over they'd be like what do you want to do like we're out of computer time for the day because Mm -hmm. he limited their computer time let's just watch like a new hope again yeah i've (laughs) Um, seen it so many times Yeah, and weirdly, I don't have – my my brain is a colander, so I don't have any kind of retention about it. But mm. there are, like, a lot of things. Like, the thing that um, the Twi'lek does to Leia when she's, like, in Hutt's palace where oh. he, like, caresses her face yes. and says that thing. Um, and
0: ooh, what's his name? Bib Fortuna. Every yes.
3: time I saw my cousins, they would caress my face and say that fucking line. And I was always just like, they're weird. This is just how it is. And then I recently <laughs> – um my partner was like watching all of the star wars again i think in preparation for the force awakens and <laughs> i like walked of that part and had like this like brain blast like deja vu moment Lord of like <gasps> that was a star wars thing my whole life
0: yeah i love those moments where you realize what a pop culture reference was from your childhood right, that and you never like got those
3: like deep core things and we kind of yeah. talked about it before yeah. but so like i grew up like in this whole star wars thing and thought I was, like, a cool nerd. I feel like that's about, like, The Simpsons where, like, I I watched The Simpsons when I was a kid and then got to college and I was like, yeah, I like The Simpsons because, like, nobody at my high school or my middle school or whatever, like, mm-hmm. I felt weird for watching stuff yeah. like that or, like, Star Wars. Like, nobody was like, hell yeah, Star Wars, my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say that necessarily it's my favorite thing, but like knowing a lot about Star Wars wasn't like no. cool. True. Yeah. And then I got to college and was like, yes, I know where Yoda lives. Like Luke <laughs> looks like this guy and Han Solo has a stripe on his pants. Ah, ha 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 ha. And then I met my partner, who can name all of the aliens in the cantina yeah. scene, and I was like, oh, I don't know shit.
0: We're, We're going to have to have Jack on, by the way. Yeah, he, would,
3: he will blow me absolutely out of the water. Um, He'll probably
0: blow me out of the water, honestly. Yeah.
3: But I, I kind of Let's like Star Wars, the and then I, like, I have a real attachment to it as, like... I think it's one of her our, our newer monomyths as a culture. That's what I was about
0: to say. And I, I was gonna speculate maybe that's like why your uncle was cool with it.
3: Yeah, I think it, it it brings up a lot of stuff. He was also my whole family, not his side of the family, not just his side of the family, but our side of the family, or my dad's side of the family too, is like super into samurai movies. Mm. And like My
1: dad loves samurai movies. Right? He and, we didn't watch a lot of them growing up. If there's mm-hmm. one on.
3: That, yeah. It's a very it's a very 70s thing, I think. And it's Kurosawa. a very I, I don't know. Like, I could talk about the story structure for forever, I think, if I like.
1: there's. I mean, that's like, it changed so much. I mean, look at every Western ever made. Exactly. I mean- and
3: they, my dad loves Westerns. So <laughs> I think all of those things together sort of created this weird soup that we could all enjoy. Mm-hmm. And why I feel so fond of it is mm-hmm. that it has that kind of accessibility. And it's like this big, giant, beautiful salad bar that yes. you can take all these weird scoops mm-hmm. from and create like whatever the hell you want out of it so like i loved the mandalorian um me too i regrettably even though i'm like a huge bioware stan have not played through all of knights of the old republic i know and
0: i hate myself for it and i I think part of this podcast is eventually going to be Cole and i playing knights of the old republic
3: yeah i would
1: welcome
0: that yeah i've always wanted to play that game
3: yeah let's okay uh yeah so a lot of the the people in my life really love star wars my best friend uh rise of skywalker came out on her birthday so we went and saw oh, it. And like, nice. i think there are to like tie it all back to this episode i think there's a lot of instances of groundbreaking casting yes, and characters definitely. and complex like complexity like i think princess leia is one of those things that stuck with me when i was a kid mm-hmm. um and lando for sure was a huge like moment in my life mm-hmm. being like the king of cool the King of Cool, I'm, like, really protective of Lando and vicariously really protective of Han Solo's characterization. Understandably. I, I feel like people conflate the two. Mm-hmm. I think that people are like, oh, Solo is, like, super suave and super cool and he, like, not does everything. He's a little, little bit, he's a lot more rough and tumble. He is. And I don't think that Lando is perfect either. But Lando is definitely, like, from the moment you see him with that, like, slicked back hair and he's so smooth. He's a sophisticated. And like, he's sophisticated, but he's also not predatory. And I think no, that there was... exactly. As a kid, I think there were a lot of instances where I saw men in general, like I was very scared of men in general, period, as a a young girl. But also, I think, I mean, it was like the early 90s, probably when I saw it, or like mid 90s, when I have memories of having seen it. And like black men who were not my dad were always portrayed in ways that were really stressful to consume and so to have Lando Calrissian be somebody who is smooth and like obviously trying very hard to be good but also not being like I don't know there's something he's got a great conflict yeah he's got he's got a lot going on and I think that Star Wars has such rich characterizations Mm -hmm. like everybody's got a lot going on but also like there's so much I, I guess we'll talk about this with the the novel as well but like yeah Everybody has so much going on that we don't have time for. And yes. I think that's there's what makes so it much, so
0: interesting. You, there's so much you have to like read into it. Yeah. Like the, it's the, so many dangling
3: threads yes. everywhere forever. And I love that so much. Like Lando... Has so much going on. Yeah. What is Cloud City? Yeah. What is Cloud City? Where did he come from? How does he know Han? (laughs) Mm -hmm. What? And they answer like two of those questions. And
0: he's the administrator, and uh, Han won the falcon from him. Is that even said in the movies? I don't remember. I think
1: there's a throwaway line, isn't there?
0: Something
3: like that? Because he's on the ship. ship. Because he has the cape compartment. Mm. In the the Falcon, I think was yeah. that in yeah. Solo? Am I, compl- I, I can't uh, remember. At one point, he's really wearing know. Han's clothes.
0: Empire is actually one of the ones that I've seen the fewest times.
1: Mm-hmm. I I'd probably yeah, know. I've probably seen New Hope the most because it's
0: almost yeah. like too intense on like a themes level. Like it's not a breeze to watch like Star Wars and Return of the Jedi is. Yeah,
3: you can't just like sit down and be like, it's like a happy fun time. Yeah, and well, it's also
1: like it's just like there's like a lot of things that happen. It's like we're here and now we're here and now we're here. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of like very disparate uh but at the same time everything
0: like is always moving at the same time like you do feel like a sense of progression and if like there was one thing that i felt like last jedi was lacking was that sometimes it did feel like it was spinning its wheels because it also did that same approach where characters are in disparate environments Mm -hmm. um for sure um but like um i didn't like feel like i got like the same i guess meaning um or feeling of like we're getting somewhere here in terms of like exploring the themes of star wars or maybe it was just themes that i didn't wasn't used to star wars exploring i don't mm-hmm. know i think about the last jedi so often because it's just like i'm so conflicted about it in my mind and it's like
3: i feel very overdue for like a full watch now yeah. that Same. this the saga is concluded yeah. or whatever
1: i just started i just watched the uh, We record the last episodes. I just finished watching the despecialized original trilogy, and I just started the prequels again Mm -hmm. for the first time, and that's been weird. But like, I'm kind of like really excited to watch the sequel series. Like, I know they're not perfect, and that's kind of neither here nor there. Mm -hmm. People can talk about that all they want. Like, I think they're fun at the end of the day, and I'm just kind of looking forward to like taking my mind off of it and just like absorbing it.
3: Yeah, I think Star Wars hits that as like a whole at its best hits that kind of middle of the road like it is asking you to consider things like all good art it like asks good questions it has complicated characters it has like I don't know meaningful moments and like beautiful cinematography a lot of the times and then also at the same time it's like dumb as hell (laughs) so you're not like totally bought in like I Mm -hmm. have a hard time I think you mentioned this before we started recording but like I have a hard time sitting down to watch things that I know are going to make me sad. Like I haven't watched Marriage Story because I'm like, I don't, I can't, I can't do Mm, it. I just, or like things like that. I have a really hard time like being like, I'm going to sit down and watch a drama if it's not packaged up and at least a little bit of candy coating. Yep. And I think I've gotten more and more like that the older I get. Same. So I I love, I I like Star Wars and then I can like, we can have long conversations about it, but also they have like (laughs) dumb (laughs) kids humor and a robot goes beep boop yeah
2: and like <laughs> it's always been I like that i get to watch them
3: like like whack lightsabers together and like i don't i'm like i get to look at a cute puppet every once in a while that's yeah. all i need baby Yoda yep. is
0: so good oh my god Such a could, we plus.
3: have to do another episode where it's just me screaming into the mic for five hours about <laughs> baby Yoda's puppet <laughs> i'm ready you're welcome anytime i am ready <laughs> thank you so much
0: Oh, I'm so glad Werner Herzog, like, fought for that puppet to be kept. Oh, absolutely was so heartbreaking. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> he,
1: uh, Werner, might have been my, like, if Werner wasn't in Mandalorian, I don't know if I would hold it in as high of esteem, because that's what really? got me right off the bat.
3: Oh, you were like, like, oh, he's here, it has to be good. Well,
1: even I don't even, I didn't even know if it was that, it was just like, I love Werner Herzog, and the fact that he, A, agreed to Star Wars after never watching a Star Wars film, um. <laughs>
3: A true Mads Mickelson type. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> um, and then just his delivery and how like evil he was. And it was so good. And then Baby, once we fought mm-hmm. Baby Yoda, I mean, that oh obviously God. sealed the deal. But I mean, the he he was one of the things that like pulled me in, and I was like, all right, I'm in. Right. Whatever. Bring it on.
3: I think it's the dangling strings too. It's like, I don't know what this guy's into. I don't know what the Mandalorian's been up to. Baby Yoda itself is like one giant loose string mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's like the plot but and it gets back to that like samurai westerny kind of feeling which is really 100 yeah i think more shows should be like cowboy bebop it feels like cowboy me, or like samurai jack i think is an also obvious comparison i yes. think more tv shows should be like cartoons perhaps is my thesis
1: i um if you need to like go lobby some people to make that happen mm-hmm. i will throw my full support behind it.
3: Thank you very much.
1: I mean, cartoons
0: are... You know what? I'm, I'm just, like, one final thought on this, and I yes. think we should get into the plot of the book.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing we're all here
0: for. I just want to say that, like, cartoons, honestly, were what primed me to enjoy, like, dramas as an adult. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, specifically yeah. anime. Like, I didn't watch a ton of anime, but mm-hmm. the, the stuff that I did, it gripped me because of the serialization. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure. the fact that it wasn't, like, a monster of the week, or crime of the week, or whatever kind mm-hmm. of the week kind of show like other cartoons were mm-hmm. and so you know just being gripped into a storyline like i felt that feeling again finally like in the in the mid to late 2000s as i started to watch like you know the prestige dramas and i'm like oh my god this is like watching really good anime it's like <laughs> <live action. laughs> like at the end of the day like you know stuff like the wire it's just a really good anime yeah. you know
3: is this as good or better than the last arc of my hero academia It's a question <laughs> i ask myself 90 of the time <laughs> that's how i I, my gym, yeah. I feel like we're uncovering
1: some serious ground right now.
0: Whatever. Is it too late to pivot the podcast to talking about anime?
3: <laughs>
0: there is like a Star Wars manga. Have you guys ever seen yes. that?
3: Oh, I'm Didn't hopefully my friend isn't listening to this, but if she is uh surprise ruined I'm trying to get a handful of them to give to her and her girlfriend, who just watched wow. like the original series for the wow. first time.
0: I've only seen like panels online.
3: Mm-hmm. It's, it's on so Amazon, cool. weirdly enough, wow. which I'm trying to shop less from, but you mm-hmm. know, yeah, for same. an obscure anime. We all like, it's good try. One.
0: They're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so this book is also <laughs> um, problematic in some ways, <laughs> much oh, like the... Amazon.
1: Many ways. <laughs> um,
0: Lando Calrissian and the Mind Harp of Sharu. Uh, so. I guess to give this book a grounding in expanded universe history, Um, this comes um, pre-RPG source book. So this is a time when there is no real expanded universe canon um, and writers are just really just going into the deep end and making shit up. And so previously we've only had Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which uh, came out a year after the movie Um, in 1978 and then after that in 1979 and in the years um, following there was a trilogy of Han Solo novels done by Brian Daly. We covered uh, both of those things in the last episode Um, or in previous episodes that is. Um, Cole were you going to say something?
1: No no I was touching my chin. Oh
0: okay. (laughs) 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 So uh, bringing it back to the history Um, Of how we got here Um, So there was another movie Released in 1980 as we all know Empire Strikes Back um, and a new character introduced, Lando Calrissian, um, a oh, character oh. who there was an enormous fan response to because finally there's a black person in Star Wars. But also, he's an amazing character at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay, he's okay. just he instantly becomes one of the most iconic Star Wars characters. And so they're like, well, we need some books about Lando Calrissian right now. And so for some reason, they decide to hire a libertarian sci-fi writer.
3: Was he libertarian at the time? Yes. yes. Um... He joined the
2: party
1: in the 70s when it emerged. Ooh.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: He won awards for being a libertarian science fiction writer. Ah. That specifically.
3: The, uh, the OG. My guess was He's that. on the ground floor.
0: As like a, he was like a boomer. He was born in 46. I'm guessing that he grew up like in the hippies, like the hippie counterculture, like atmosphere in the 60s and was like, man, I really like smoking weed and doing acid and stuff, but i'm still conservative <laughs> and so then he's like hmm there should be a name for this <laughs> and then
1: he invented libertarianism
0: he himself the yes. founder <laughs> with this the founder. novel the
3: sacred text <laughs>
1: it's the foundational text his name he, his pen name is l neil smith but his real name is libertarian Ah, uh, just his name yes. isn't
3: his actual like government name like larry or something like that you only do the hot tip as a, a fiction writer myself. You only when you choose your writer's name, you only do the first. Like if you're like L, whatever, it's because you hate your first name.
1: His first name is Lester. Lester.
3: Also, so that, that tracks. A tough, a tough name to be on the front of a book about spaceships, but you know. <laughs>
0: True. <Indeed. laughs> um, so I mean, you know, yeah. So this guy's a libertarian, um, and it's kind of weird, and it does infect the text to some degree. I was surprised a lot of people on Goodreads was just like, yeah, it doesn't come across in the text at all. I think that's great. And I'm like, no, there's there's some stuff in here. I don't think I understand
3: enough about libertarianism to have really picked up on Uh, it. But I I do have some opinions on Lando's sort of weird middle rail writing. So that Mm. might be libertarianism as I understand it.
1: I don't fully understand it myself, but there were certain things that I picked up on in... I'm sure
0: it mm-hmm. definitely... There's
3: a lot, a lot of fucked did. up politics in here in general.
0: <laughs> Understatement. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm somebody that spends a little bit too much time on Twitter, like left politics Twitter, so I, I know all got, about the evils of the Libertarian in. Party. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll, 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 know, I'll, ex, I'll expose the bias. <laughs> <laughs> I will expose the bias in this book. Um, but one of the good things that it does do is it introduces a piece of foundational <laughs> canon um, to the Star Wars expanded universe, which is the card game of Sabacc. Hell yeah! This this ends up being you know such a significant thing that it ends up being recanonized uh, in the Disney movies with Solo, which I am a defender of.
3: That I think is my favorite of the if we're talking about like things that maybe pose interesting <laughs> questions sometimes and are also dumb as hell. Solo was like, ooh, like right in the middle. It understood
0: the it's tone really of Star good. Wars yes. in a way that I feel like other Disney properties from that universe have mm-hmm. not. I just, agree.
3: I, I do, I get a little, as the fan base is growing, I feel like they feel compelled to be like, we have to create adult things. Like Rogue One felt very much like we yeah. need to create an adult mm-hmm. Star Wars. And then Solo was like, no.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Um, Rogue One's probably my favorite Disney property, mm-hmm. but it's I think more to do with like the succinctness and like mm-hmm. tight plotting. But it is very adult, whereas yes. Solo, like you said, yes. complete and I think, opposite. I think Please.
3: there's definitely room for Rogue One, uh, but Solo really scratched an itch that I yeah. felt. I was like, "Where's the dumb stuff in Rogue yeah, One?" Totally. I was like, "I every shot in Rogue One lingers." little bit too long when people are dying and i'm like this is horrifying i'm sad. yeah Um, it's like
0: kind of like the fan servicey too with like the action i mean like i just like i like felt like kind of like sick to my stomach watching Mm -hmm. like the what you could clearly tell was an added darth vader scene yes um i was just like (laughs) oh
2: this is so bad (laughs)
0: it's just like oh oh it's so cool that darth vader kills everybody oh he's such a badass oh i love it (laughs) And it's just, like, just like gets away from, like, the character and what the character's Mm -hmm. supposed to be like. He's, like, supposed to be, like, menacing and foreboding, not, like, you know, a fucking, like... Kylo Ren. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
3: My Mm. son, Kylo Ren. But, like, standards for
0: villains have shifted over the years, I guess. I guess so. Whatever.
3: I think the standout for me in Solo was I was very nervous about, as I've said before, like, Han's characterization, which I think they nailed pretty well. Mm -hmm. And then... Lando, who I was also very protective of, and I feel like Donald Glover knocked it out of the park. Oh, having I thought, him
0: was a slam dunk. Fantastic! Yeah, I thought the sub,
3: the sub scenes were fantastic. Oh yeah, they were. I thought some yeah. of the best parts of the movie. Ten out of ten. Like, Glad we pivoted back to capes. <laughs> right? The cummerbund thing in this book is truly wild. Yeah, <laughs> I do really like that he.
0: It. <laughs> I do like that he hits the clothing a lot. I'm like, that's one of the few things that I feel like he does get right about Lando. Mm-hmm.
1: He was just, you know, really hung up on
0: the cummerbund, but as a whole, he does
1: talk about clothes.
0: Yeah, it does all there, the time. There are like moment. some moments where, he, like, he'll describe like an
1: article of clothing, and I'll be like, "Oh my yeah. god, <laughs> <laughs> please, <laughs> thank you." <laughs> it's just like we know what gets Lando's goat and it's looking fly as hell. Yeah, and that's what he does this whole novel.
3: He looks fly. I like. I liked that he points out. I think for, I'm putting the cart before the horse a little bit, but I do think that his sort of constant assessment of things as tacky or not tacky could have been employed well. Mm -hmm. i don't think they did it this time but i thought it was an interesting move to be like he is an appraiser of everything
1: yeah it was a little um what's the term like bashing something over the over the head it it was blunt Mm -hmm.
3: handholdy is uh the fiction workshop word (laughs) Uh,
1: thank you (laughs) To know what
3: I was yeah to that, that's <laughs> one
0: thing that actually made me excited about having you on was that background you have in, yeah. in fiction well, writing it,
3: this isn't the first novel you've done you did uh the one the previous one well yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah. of course I'm just
0: saying like to uh, like you know have somebody who mm-hmm. can actually like you know really do like a, a good analysis of uh wow like narrative oh, fiction shucks. I don't know it's cool like I don't have that training so
3: I did read a lot of sci-fi i I I guess as we like launch into the background of this um I was constantly wondering who the audience for this book was because, like, when I was a kid, I read a lot of Mm sci-fi and, like, fantasy novels like this. But there are very hard turns in this novel that, like, would alienate, like, a nine-year-old me no matter how much I love Star Wars. Mm
1: -hmm. Understandably.
3: So I'm curious to see if you have any background on that, if the internet illuminated anything or if not...
0: I mean, I, I probably could if I had done a little bit more research, <laughs> but what I will say, and this is what my theory is, and I think this happened with a lot of Star Wars authors, was what happened was, um, so I think like the, was it Ballantine had the license at this point? Um, oh, this is Del,
1: published by Delray. This is Delray. Delray
0: had the license at this point. Um, and so, you know, Delray's got like a stable of authors, and I oh, believe Elmiel Smith was in the stable. Both. Oh, is, Yeah. Well, is, oh, no. is, isn't Del Rey an imprint of Ballantine, or is it the other way around?
1: Uh, Del is an imprint of
0: Ballantine. I fucking yeah, hate Del- the publishing world. <laughs> I don't understand it, but I think that's how it works. <laughs> well, anyway, so he, Valentine he... gets
3: Star Wars on set every other weekend. <laughs> Del Rey has it for most major holidays, except for summer vacation. <laughs> but they're working to get full custody. <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, w- what I was going to say is, so he was probably in the stable of writers. Um, and so they like, Hey, you want to do a Lando Calrissian book? And he's like, sure. And, but what he doesn't tell them is that he had another book that he had already been thinking about. And he's just like, I'll just make it the like Lando Calrissian, the starless book. <laughs> and I mean, that's probably why it feels like so bizarre for a Star ha- Wars book. Yeah.
3: It has a very strong whiff of like, I mean, I guess there wasn't like a whole lot of Star Wars like meta to consume in order to inform your kind of a book, but it mm-hmm. does feel like a real hard veer from what Star Wars was really like. Yeah, like too many off, too many scoops of fantasy and There's not just... enough scoops of samurai mm. or western or the seventies. It's the wrong scoops, basically. The wrong scoops. <laughs>
2: the wrong scoops.
3: I I've been I, this is like a metaphor I'm clinging to, and I don't think that it's working. But that like Star Wars or any like large property like this is like a beautiful salad bar, yes. and when we like approach expanding the universe and like telling stories out of it you got to take the right like assortment of things like you can't just take a huge scoop of cherry tomatoes Mm -hmm. and like sure it will appeal to people but like it is not a salad i also think exactly
1: what we were talking about earlier with food and you know improvisation of food you just gotta you gotta get those levels right you gotta make sure everything is Mm -hmm. appealing
3: and you you can tilt a little hard like rogue one went a little hard on like the arugula and like (laughs) solo went a little hard on like their ranch dressing or whatever (laughs) But it still felt like a salad at the end of the day. And
0: also, But also at the same time, <laughs> I you. think people should be in- introducing new ingredients that aren't necessarily just modified version of existing ingredients. Right. Brian
3: Johnson was like, what if I take these wontons from over here and like throw them on top of this salad? And a lot of people were like, I don't appreciate that you went to another station and grabbed some things. But at least we're trying yes. new things.
1: At least Brian yes. tried new things. Mm-hmm. I think that had... I'll defend Ryan. Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I'll die on that hill. I will <laughs> go on the
3: podcast record
1: as saying I really liked The Last Jedi. I think it had issues with like any of the Disney movies, but I liked it mm-hmm. as well.
3: I think they all have issues.
1: Agree. Oh, yes, you're right. Let's go all the way back to the movie. They all have a lot of issues. <laughs> it's very fair.
3: I think it's the Jedi who are evil. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank>
2: <laughs> <goodness>. <laughs> yeah.
3: oh. Woo. All right. See you guys later. <laughs> So, Lando
0: is on an asteroid called Ocean 2795. Um, And uh, so, from what I understand, it's, like, this asteroid that is, like, uh, orbiting, like, this, like, kind of resort world, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I I have very poor reading comprehension, so you guys are going to have to help me out here. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) When it comes to fiction, I can read fucking, like, you know, nonfiction stuff all day, but, like, when it comes to, like reading like yeah like novels like i have a hard time remembering things
3: i think i also think that this novel is really information dense in a yeah. way that is not helpful to the reader or to the content mm-hmm. like it's just uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, we'll talk about it but <laughs> there's mm-hmm. a lot going on ocean
1: 22795 is a uh mining asteroid yes okay Uh,
0: and he comments about like how like it's like propped up by slave labor and i thought like oh is there gonna be some cool like you know commentary on that or whatever like on capitalism Mm -hmm. and stuff and like
3: of course not we didn't
1: really yeah they, they like started to go that route i mean that's more or less what all of uh the solo book was
3: yeah whereas this
1: guy he's just like he's just like thinks it's cool and good
0: yeah, mm-hmm. he's fine with it. Lando um, never,
3: he always thinks about things, but he never actually comes to any kind of conclusion.
0: Lando's a very annoying, like, not annoying, but, like, I i get very aggravated with the way that he's been characterized in this book. Yes. Same. Because but, I guess we should talk about it before we even start the book. Um, in this book, and again, from my perspective, what they did with Lando was, like, they say all these things about Lando, like okay, he he doesn't like to fly. Yet we see him fly all the time. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like to get in fights. He's in fights all the time. Um, he doesn't like to smoke. They literally say that at mm-hmm. the end of the book. He fucking is like has a cigarillo in his mouth at all times. Oh, whole book, <laughs> you know. Whole book. He's he's also he's not a smuggler. He doesn't like. He's not like a you know a, a trucker or a, a, a teamster or anything. But he's always hauling cargo for some reason
3: his existence the in the universe is very elusive. Like I was wondering if he was using the millennium Falcon to, to smuggle things or like what his sort of end goal was in being here, but he sort of is in one place and then is in ta- like entrusted with this task and is like, mm, I guess I'll go. Yeah. Cause I'll get life crystals and then doesn't think about it at all or tell us, I mean, it's a close third person. So Lando is in the third person. Um, But we get to hear his thoughts. And he never, yeah, he never comes to any kind of conclusion. He's not like, oh, sick with these life crystals. I can pawn them off. At one point Mm -hmm. he says he can pawn them off for something, but it's not like. It's not clear at all. For this thing. And this is part one of a three-part series, right? There were three Lando books by the same guy.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And what probably happened is that they were like, cool, this one is great. Let's do another one. Mm -hmm. So perhaps there wasn't a like large through line going through. But you would think if you're writing this, what, 200-page book, but there's going to be some kind of larger character moment that Lando himself is reaching for that is separate from the actual plot. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I, they kind of try to do that with Voofy Ra. Mm. A, but What's, there's a lot, yeah.
1: Let's get to Voofy Ra.
3: Should we do like a like a synopsis of the book so then yeah. we can just bounce around?
1: <laughs> we can like get there because I mean, we don't get to introduce him at the beginning. Yes. We got to work our way over there. hmm hmm
3: well, I
0: mean,
1: like, let's, I mean,
0: he's, he comes up pretty quickly. So I feel like let's, like, jump, like, in the, in the story, like, to Fufi Ra. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so basically what happens is that, uh, you know, Lando's playing, like, a game, like, a, a Sabat game. Um, and there's, like, this professor there. And he's talking about this thing called the Mind Harp of Shiru, which would. Treasure. Would wake, wake up, <laughs> like, the, the Toka, uh people of uh, the Rafa system Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, make them into, like, a more, I guess, like, spirited people or something. Well,
3: they're, like... Because of
0: this, like, yeah, the shrew,
2: yeah.
3: Yes, they are perceived or they're told... It is told to us by the book that they are dumb and subordinate by nature and, like, generally a subservient species and also look hella old for some reason. Mm -hmm, Yes. And so... I'm the kind of reader where I'm like, oh, you're telling me this directly. That means it's not true. But then they kind of are like, it yeah. kind of ends up being true. Mm-hmm. But it's just like because they never. There's a lot of telling and not a lot of showing, which I think is sometimes a symptom of sci-fi. But sure, which isn't necessarily bad. But they're like, oh yeah, the Toka. They're like totally subservient. They're like savage beasts. Yeah, like, like they know, I use the, what what the term real savage.
1: Story. A whole bunch. Endlessly. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: And it's, yeah, which engenders a lot of empathy, I think, in the reader. And then they never really stack up anything on top of that empathy. It's just like, you feel bad for them because that's just the way they are. Okay, bye-bye. Well, it's
0: because the author doesn't care. No. The author thinks it's cool and good that he's calling them
2: savages.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I guess this is like... Ugh. I mean, it's kind of like a victim of its time, I think. No, I I think it's a victim Uh, of the author. Well, no, no, no. Okay, so I definitely agree with that. But I think, in general, the... I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Never mind. (laughs) I I mean, the fact that it was, like, considered okay, maybe, is,
0: like, a product of the time. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, it was was okay to be published. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was trying to say. I didn't know how I was trying to say it. I also
3: feel like a lot of people in the 80s made it through without ever making up an entire fantasy race that was, like,
1: I would agree. You're
3: in the ground. <laughs> you like it. You like to mop the floors. <laughs> We're doing so them bizarre. a favor. I was really worried, honestly, when speaking of the, the mining planet and this sort of like whisper of slave stuff, I was kind of worried that it was going to be a story about the first black character in Star Wars yeah. and like a really major role model for a lot of people and then having it all be all about slavery. Mm-hmm. And so I'm grateful that it kind of wasn't. Yeah. But it also kind of was. It was in a way, yeah. But I appreciate that they didn't immediately go the route of, like, Lando Calrissian solves the race problem, but Mm -hmm. in space this time. Yeah.
0: I don't think the author was very interested in doing that. No, I (laughs) think
2: it's also
3: a product of having a white libertarian in charge of it. He's like, I don't see race,
1: actually. (laughs) Not at all. I can tell because you don't talk about it
3: ever. (laughs) i think one of one of my things about lando is that it was never even considered or like i feel like a lot of times even in 2020 now that like if you have a character of a minority background that they have to like explain their existence and like Mm -hmm. why they are that way or like have a storyline that is directly related to that Mm -hmm. which obviously isn't true but like that and so lando wasn't constantly walking around like bemoaning himself because it's the future past space 70s and like that's just like not an issue but i do think that like if we were to move forward on lando properties it would be kind of nice for authors to consider that problem in 2020 through a narrative with lando but i think it would take a smarter mind than mine to even think about that kind of stuff i don't even know how one would approach that
0: yeah it's a tall order Mm -hmm. yeah um So we were going to talk about Vufi-Ra. Oh yes. Um, So yeah, so Lando basically wins Vufi-Ra off this professor that tells him about the artifact, the mind-harper Sharu. He
1: seems like he's just an exposition rube kind of character. Yeah, Yeah, but he's also super cute.
3: Yeah, that's the the, the nerdy guy, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who the, the narration spends like 35 minutes dunking on. Wait, oh, are we talking with the robot? No, I was talking about the guy who opened oh, the, the, yes, the,
2: the
0: yeah Anthropologist. Yeah. Who then
3: disappears. You yeah. spend yes. all this time looking at him and like making fun of him. Yeah. And then it's just like, here's my robot. Okay, yeah.
1: Well, he doesn't even give him the robot. It's just like, it's on a, it's in a walker.
0: Go yeah. get it. I <laughs>
3: have my voucher for the robot. <laughs>
1: and so
0: goofy. The robot is so great. Voofy mm-hmm. is, is wonderful. And I realized when I looked Voofy up on Wikipedia mm-hmm. that Voofy uh, was... One of my favorite illustrations from one of the essential, like, droid companion books or something like that. Oh, wow. I was like, I remember, like, marveling at that design, like, so much. And I didn't, like, really understand where it came from or, like, what Star Wars Mm -hmm. book it was from. I just knew it was cool.
3: He's got, like, articulated tentacles, right, for Mm -hmm. the listeners at home. Yes. He's, like, a weird squid guy with, like, Mm -hmm. one big eyeball.
1: Yeah. He looks like Star Oh, that was...
3: yeah, start like star you a little bit.
1: Yeah, but with tentacles. Yes. Instead of or maybe star me. Whichever one has just five.
3: That's star you, and star me is the pretty one that's purple. Got
1: it. I
0: don't remember. Star is the evolution. You're gonna get
3: 900 emails. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> there's too many Pokemon now. My brain is a colander. I wonder. I, I'm very tired. i sure I could
1: easily Google it, but I wonder how many Pokemon there are now. Oh,
3: there's at least 700 but that big old pokemon or that big old pokemon goofy ra uh i was not anticipating a robot with a name that was not letters and numbers also well, and, first... the, and, the, and the,
0: the, what they explain is that like those are letters and numbers in the like from the from the civilization Lost that he comes them. from yes. yeah and i'm like that's kind of a cool sci-fi thing i really mm-hmm. like yeah. i thought i really appreciated that Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a nice touch and
3: he's very hyper intelligent i think goofy ra brings up a lot of disconcerting facts about droids in star wars which has like a casual fan mm-hmm. i don't think i maybe had access to or maybe hasn't really been brought up in the major trilogy and that like robots need to sleep they say the word sleep not like deactivate or rest or shut down but sleep that's the term they use and the smarter they are the more they have to do it yeah <laughs> it's well horrifying I... to me
0: this author throws out a lot of very <laughs> odd uh, world-building stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of it is very, like... I, I described in a previous episode the Marvel Comics like world-building um, for their Star Wars as being kind of flippant, and I would... Also say this is flippant, but in a different way, in more of a way that he literally just does not care yes. to actually come up with anything for this universe. It seems like he started up being like, mm, well, I guess Hans, I mean, Lando can't say like, uh, you know, God as an epithet. So, well, I don't know. Galaxy's core. The core. Yeah, that'll be it. He'll mm-hmm. just say like core like, damage or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, like, hell will be entropy. Sure. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um And then after that, he's just like, actually, I'm just going to start using, like, Earth uh, idioms and mm-hmm. metaphors for everything. And who gives a shit? Fuck you.
1: Yeah. It got,
0: it, that wore on me. It yeah. definitely wore on oh, me. yeah.
3: One of my favorite things to do is point out during like, sci-fi or otherwise fantasy things when they say, like, I think C-3PO in Rise of Skywalker made a reference to, like, insurance or something. And I was like, oh, insurance, like, exists. I could see that existing.
0: If they have trade, then Mm -hmm. there should be insurance. I could could see that. Or,
3: like, yeah, weird idioms like that that infer, like... A real world thing. I think it's the easiest way to blast your reader out of their suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was constantly blasted out of my yeah. suspension like, of disbelief. On, I was barely yes. suspended, and every like five minutes the hammock kept breaking. Where yeah, I was like, oh, "Come on, please don't call
0: Vufi a pencil sharpener.
1: Why? Yeah, like, <laughs> There's so many weird things he calls Voufi. <laughs> yes,
3: can opener. There yeah. was one
1: that, towards the end that really got me, where he called mm-hmm. him like tin horn.
3: Yes. Okay. I what like okay ten is a thing like i feel like the easiest way to do that and i mean that's the hardest part about writing like compelling sci-fi is when you come up with a universe where it's like well we don't know if this thing exists or not then you have to justify its existence in that world and he could have just like you know maybe come up with other things like that's why we have things like scruffy looking nerf herder and we have yep. things like laser brain and like yep and those are funny and really iconic and interesting, but I think it might be hard to do that for 200 pages. This is me being generous. But also, you could just be like, maybe what if Lando doesn't yell at this robot for 200 pages? What if yeah. he has a kind of like they still have a kind of jovial relationship, yeah, that but he shows the kind of care that he shows in the, the films? Yeah. That he's not like ever outwardly insulting people for the sake of being quippy, well, right? Unless they're already friends.
0: I think that potential is why Vufi Ra was b- brought back in subsequent novels by other uh, authors, actually. I saw on Wikipedia. He mm-hmm. back? Yeah. yeah. Oh, this like, like, Oh, this is a cool character. And if, like, somebody wasn't yelling at him the whole time, it'd be great. So, yeah. And I think they, yeah, like, obviously, Lando's better written in other books, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know if read them. <laughs> read them <laughs> we'll get there um, eventually. Don't you I worry. I him.
3: I heard good things about the comics that they put out about Lando like, when
0: um, are they like new ones or yeah ones?
3: the Force, Awak- right oh, after Force Awakens oh I saw and it's Lando
0: like oh I saw Wanda. some of the uh, a couple panels and I'm just like wow they did a really great job of blending Donald Glover and Billy D. Williams features mm-hmm. that's so lovely yeah
3: <laughs> I think that reminds me a lot of improv too like I feel like um I talk about this a lot with like D&D and stuff but like I think in anything I mean improv you're creating fiction mm-hmm. D&D is improv Fiction is you playing improv with yourself. But, like, it's so much easier and more compelling when your character says yes to something. Yeah. Than by, like, he, him getting this robot and being like, oh, I guess I'll have this yeah, robot. He's or, like, yeah. don't call me master. Mm-hmm. Which, like, is funny a couple times. It gets like, Oh, my
1: God. Ugh. <laughs> like, if people. Please don't call me Shirley, but worse. Yeah. <laughs> if people were
0: constantly yelling at C-3PO in Star Wars, you'd be so annoyed. But yes. it's, like, funny when it happens maybe, like, three times in a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and this guy just clearly does not understand it. He's just like,
1: "Oh, people love it when people insult droids. That's a That's, That's what Star Wars is."
3: It's <laughs> like the only
1: thing he really glomped onto is no droids allowed in the cantina, yes. and like he just, he's like, "That's my starting point. I'm just gonna keep going."
3: Everybody hates him, even though Lando canonically has like a really tender relationship with a robot yeah. later on, which I guess in the, he didn't know at the <laughs> time, yeah. but like,
1: L, was it L three three seven?
3: Yes leet, leet. <laughs> is it really
1: l337 i didn't read that that's before. so very clearly, cool. clearly a
0: product she, of uh, lord and miller's imagination yes. Well, she <laughs> comes up a
3: lot in other expanded universe stuff right i took a spin around wikipedia very fast because i was like i don't fully remember lando's arc a little bit so i have to like go back through well i think they like kind of i think they
0: retconned it into mm. she's the ship's computer okay
3: yes she's...
1: oh wait what do you
0: you but mean she's in solo,
3: yeah. Well, because well, her brain gets uploaded in yeah. solo. But then oh, she, yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. But they might have retconned in that because, like, they've been traveling around yeah. together for many, 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 yeah. many years. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he
1: joke that that's his wife? Yes. Yeah.
3: Well, they're like in love.
1: Yeah. That's sweet.
3: It's very good. He's not in love with Vufira. That was my big, my big yeah. problem. Is open
1: contempt for most of it.
3: With a lot of it, open contempt, and then there is a moment of like tenderness where we are informed that Lando's mind has changed, and he's like, "Oh, I'm, I actually care about my friend." And, and then it's like, like okay, back to it. And, yeah, yeah. He, he, but he's
1: like also kind of like stereotypical like man's man. Like I can't show my feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is or, which yeah.
3: There's a moment where he's like educating Lando. him about droid rights or whatever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Vufira is like thanks, Lando. And he's like, don't call me Lando. And it's yeah. like, okay, we're, we're doing that thing. The
1: the smirking the smirking tone of that line, the way Ooh. it was written, just it was like nails on a chalkboard. I was like, come on, these guy. It's
3: such prototypical humor and I think it's easy for us to sit here in like 2020. I'm trying to be generous about more things in 2020, which is why it sounds like I'm making a lot of concessions, I think. But I do think that like... You know, like I, when you watch Deadpool and you were like, wow, Deadpool, that's really like an integral character to Marvel who like changed mm-hmm. so much about what we thought yeah. about comics and what we thought about humor. And then being like, this is what being on the Internet in 2001 was like, or like yeah. whatever, like it, it like I, when it, I watched that movie, I felt a long like I. It time, too. Yeah. It and was still
0: like that well into like 2008.
3: Yes. Like I feel like it was like when I was a kid watching Homestar Runner and like, do, like everybody was doing Deadpool humor and. So watching the film felt very, like, I've seen this before. Like, none of this is very surprising. All the kids
0: on the Homestar Forum were all about, you know, Deadpool. Actually, it wasn't even kids. It was Mm -hmm. teenagers and, like, young adults. And, like, I think Victor.
3: And so stuff like this feels very, like, no, don't call me Lando. But I also feel like this was old when this guy was writing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that he was, like, I'm doing it. -hmm. (laughs) I'm inventing comedy right now. No,
0: no, this was all very derivative, Mm -hmm. yeah. We
3: didn't get, um, I think...
1: To that effect, um, we've talked a lot about in past episodes, like, noir influences and kind of just, like, the pulp aspects of Star Wars mm-hmm. and how it plays in. But, like, this is the one that had, the, like, I think the least amount of, like, overt, like, noir, like, quips. Like, there was de- they were definitely scattered throughout, but mm-hmm. this had, I would say, had the least. Yeah. I um, mean, it's still pulpy. I mean, it's a sci-fi novel. Yeah. It's set in the Star Wars universe. But this was kind of, like, the least. This one felt more removed than anything we've read so far. I would
3: love to read detective novel set in the Star Wars universe. I think that would be fantastic. Just watch Attack of the Clones. That's true. Oh, I should. Uh, Attack of the Clones is so good. Moving back to Vufi Ra is like a character, when he just like dies straight up and they're like, okay, bye, Vufi Ra's dead, I guess. I was like, that sucks. And then the next chapter, they're like, here he is, he back again. And I was like, how, how is anyone supposed to be making connections to these characters when it's, it's like, love. it felt like I was reading a screenplay that was novelized in that a lot of the moves I feel like would have worked better on camera. Wow.
0: Yeah. A novelization that was never filmed. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, wow. There was, okay. So one thing I wanted to get to was like at one point, um, Lando says by the eternal and you were like, Oh, are there more religions in, in star Wars oh, now? Yes. So this is actually a weird thing that I know because of <laughs> a linguistics podcast that I listened to. Ooh, and it was an episode about like how we got to the word darn. And so By the Eternal is a very old-timey way of swearing um, because it comes from the um, earlier epithet, which was... um by the eternal damnation because in the olden days the very olden days the worst swears that you could possibly say were religious ones Mm -hmm. but saying like you know stuff like you know like cunt dick you know that kind of stuff was like whatever who gives a shit like there would be people who like would have like the last name like grabs dick or whatever you know (laughs) and like it would just be completely normal Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so like that would be like a, 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 a thing that people would say and then it eventually got shortened to by the eternal and then people would just start saying eternal then People just started saying "eternal," like oh. you know, it just got so like um, in regional dialects, yeah. Um, and then eventually, that mixed cool. with you know the word for damnation, um, and eventually worded like you know "damn eternal turn damn." It, it somehow became "darn."
1: We don't know how it happened, but it became "darn." Oh,
3: the human language. Yeah. It's
1: also, what you call when you like sew up a hole and gloving.
3: yeah, that's a <laughs>
1: that's a different amount <laughs> of yeah. but, <laughs> <yeah. laughs>
0: but yeah, it's such a bizarre bizarre journey for that for that phrase
3: yeah there's a whole bunch of epithets and like swearing and cussing and stuff but it's always kind of vaguely gestured at. i'm Mm. i'm interested in star wars like in terms of religion i thought it was also weird to read an entire star wars novel that doesn't mention jedi like yeah
0: that was so weird at all no force not
3: even somebody being like those kooky space wizards Mm -hmm. like floating around we have a literal wizard who's not a jedi or a sith yeah he's just like he's just a guy i think that was because um
0: they wanted to have like a um so this guy wanted to have the sith in this Uh. i'm this is one thing i did research Mm -hmm. Um, he -hmm. wanted to have the sith in this and have like an order a special order of the sith um and that that wizard guy would be a part of it but lucas was like no you can't fucking do that um so (laughs) 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 yeah that that tracks (laughs) um so instead he just like made his own like wizard order and that's you, why there's that a wizard fun. in here. Yeah.
1: I really liked Gepta, but yeah. we'll get to him. We'll and he has him. a cool
0: illustration on Wikipedia too, Ooh, which I think comes up. from like one of the essential guides to characters, which they all have really great illustrations, They're like so the newer good. ones, yeah, mm-hmm. from like the the early 2000s, but I think there's been more editions that have come out in like the 20 early 2010s as well. But yeah, those are
1: all fun books to read. So something I wanted to just touch on because you mentioned the By the eternal thing and the amount of religions, both of those are on the same pages. What we all appreciated is just one of the best bits in this book. Mm -hmm. Uh, The phrase, a gold-braided flight cap carefully adjusted to a rakish angle. (laughs) Yeah, we all all did that. Don't worry. Iconic. Um, (laughs) And then he does go on to ruin it by saying, a freshly suave and debonair Captain Lando Calrissian bounded down the boarding ramp. (sighs) <sighs> uh, like, it just is, it's like we already you know. When you actually say yeah. suave, it's just like, okay,
0: he's
3: buddy, suave. Again, like, if you're telling me something directly, I'm going to be like, mm, they're not. Especially when it's a close third person. So we're imagining Lando thinking about himself doing those things. It's like,
0: give him a bit of business that communicates suaveness, mm -hmm. you know, rather than just saying it. Yeah,
3: they they constantly are like, he's suave, he's debonair, he knows taste, he's wearing baby blue satin, which to me does (laughs) not seem like taste, but all right. But early Uh, 80s. Yeah, early (laughs) 80s. And then he never has an opportunity to be suave, except sometimes when he's like, life is a game of sabacc, like when he talks himself out of being arrested. Yeah. That was like the one opportunity. And then the rest of the time he spends like. like tripping he's really emphasizes like his girlish Mm -hmm. like uh screams there's like a lot of like yeek and yipe going on yes um which is like a whole other thing yeah i feel like did you read that interview with billy d williams in gq i heard about it oh my god it's recent unbelievable recently they go to some uh russian tea house in with Billy With do- Billy D. Williams, now in New York.
1: Oh, because there's one of those right downtowns. Yes. Places. And I was <laughs>
3: like, wow. But they, um, but he talks a little bit about um, Donald Glover's interpretation of yeah. Lando as, like, pansexual and, mm-hmm. like, gender in general. And Billy Dee Williams was like, oh, yeah, I welcome, like, all aspects of gender into my life. And I was like, holy moly. Whoa. And, and so, and I, I do feel like there was something, I feel very protective of Lando for that reason, too. And that it is a kind of masculinity that we don't see that is a lot more attached to, I don't know, like suaveness and he's smooth and he's like a little feminine sometimes Mm -hmm. or like isn't exactly existing on the binary. And then this book is like, "Mm, that makes him bad.
0: Yeah, it's so weird. It's like, no, it's like, no, it makes him one of like the most welcoming characters I've ever encountered in fiction. Right,
3: like it's girlish to care about your clothes. Like I felt like there was kind of, it kind of smacked a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. it was never outright.
1: No, but but there
3: was (laughs) subtext. It felt, yeah, it felt a little... Squelchy to me, God, like which that. I also don't. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> and Buffy Ra too. Yeah. I don't know. As a, a as a character, I had a lot of confusions. Like he was very concerned with the the computer inside of the Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. and then that never really like came up to anything. Yeah, it was, it was just like kind of like a decided. funny. There, yeah. was, there was you get a little
1: payoff at the very very end. There's yeah. a, there's a little a little line about it, but yeah. Yeah, you, you know we... what? Yeah, Izzy, you had a good idea. Let's just like we should just run through the yeah. plot. Yeah, oh, yeah. And we talk about. We're, it. i really liking how this. I really like talking about this, but we should run through the.
3: I have a very associative brain, uh, which is terrible for podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is great. Five stars. I'll um, rate
1: it. So, anyways, back to the right when he we were just discussing the rakish cap. This is when um he arrives on our, I guess the first main planet, Rafa Four. Mm-hmm. Um. Right here in the Rafa system, um, we get a fun little throwaway line where he refers to himself as a con artiste, Artist. with an E. <laughs> that's cute. Um, and right off of that, we get another appearance from Minox, we saw back in Empire. Thank you on the uh, in, in the inside the asteroid inside the asteroid. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. so that's fun that they got we got that brought back. Um, we kind of got a little bit more information about the Minox about how they uh, you know lore <laughs> about the Minox. <laughs> they like reproduce in the atmosphere. Yeah, which I thought was really cool. But you know, it's overall it's kind of a little bit of a throwaway line until mm-hmm. a little bit later. But uh right off the back, you know, he <laughs> he picks up Vufu-Ra, and then he's on his way. And yeah. what does he go looking for? Gambling. A game of Sabak.
3: Yeah, a gamble. This I'm worried about Lando. <laughs>
1: he's got a he's, he's got a problem that. He is succumbing to gambler. <laughs> I mean, he is But this is going back to how we said there wasn't like almost enough Western in here, that's like a very Western that's ideal. True. It's like, oh. That person is a gambler, that's Mm -hmm. their profession. So at the very minimum there's that. <laughs> yeah. And I do I mean, I
0: do like the characterization of Lando as a gambler, but I don't like how they do it in this book. Yeah. You know? It's like, yes, Lando is I've always seen like Lando as a gambler in the sense that it like funds his business ventures. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, that's where yeah. And it's like a social ventures? thing for him. It's, that as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's how he makes his friends and that, yeah. that much I actually agree with. Do you mm-hmm. think he played a game of sabacc with
3: Vader and that's how he or some Empire guy and that's how they got the Cloud City deal?
0: I don't know. Does Anakin Skywalker like Quebec? I don't know. You ever play it back I in the day? <laughs> Downtime during the Clone Wars, you know? Well, I you not know, Lucas about it.
1: <laughs> I mean... Anakin was a very moody teenager. I could see him getting up to all kinds of things. Mm, you know? I mean, we did see him get up to a lot of things. <laughs> so th-
0: this 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 um, Sabat game had, featured, like, an alien that was, like, plant-like, and it just, like, yes. spoke in the most bizarre,
1: like, oh, yeah. sentences because it had, like, a garbled translator, I guess. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Um, I want to just back up to the owner of the establishment, which also, robot bartender, which that's, that? like yes, that, that's a nice that, touch. That was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. And um, Vufi Ra was allowed in it's called, what's called the Spaceman's Rest, yeah, that's the name of the mm-hmm. bar. Mm-hmm. But Vufi Ra was allowed inside, was he not? I think so, which was It's very uncommon. And they other most of the other establishments they go to throughout this book, the droids are not allowed. Mm-hmm. So that is a little fun little thing about this bar. Uh, but my favorite part about the owner when he shows up, uh his upper lip is so wide he can have two mustaches. I remember. Oh, you. oh yes. <laughs> Amazing. Absolutely.
3: No one should have all that power. <laughs> Truly. Two mustaches.
1: God, swoon. <laughs> so uh, there was one of the people at this Sabat game had uh, a crystal about his neck, and mm-hmm. eventually, you know, that gets. We'll get into it, I guess, more, but mm-hmm. they essentially extend the life of every everyone who like, uses them in in Mm -hmm. presence so people will wear them. But it's also,
0: like, funny that they also, like, have, like, cognitive-enhancing abilities. And I'm like, bro, bro, these are, like, some (laughs) great nootropics, man. (laughs) Like, bro, take take some of these. You know, there's only some mild, mild side effects.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What was that Bradley Cooper movie where he, yes, yeah. where he like <laughs> eats a bunch of pills and it makes him super strong yeah that made an entire generation
0: of like teenagers and young adults like obsessed with the idea of like taking pills to
1: become like more intelligent mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like there was definitely a big fall off because i know that there was like a thing in the early 2000s there was that whole there was a whole movie about that i think i don't remember the name of but well it, no but... it continued well into the 2010s i know no, 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 i'm joe saying joe rogan was... and like basically just like I don't know, like, the
0: the alt-right and conservatives have just decided that is like, their product of choice to hawk Uh, as a grift is, like, nootropics. They're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, bro, this special L-theanine caffeine stack. And it's just like, I mean, I'll just fucking drink coffee and have a green tea. Like, what?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, they're, like, like biohacking. Yeah. 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 Improve your your nonsense. The thing about life crystals for me... Is the, like the flowers for Algernon effect or like it didn't I don't know I feel like what the, the prose was doing didn't really make me interested
2: mm-hmm. again
3: it was that that problem of you're telling me that it extends your life and so I'm like okay like, yeah. I guess that's a Star Wars thing there yeah. are crystals here what and then it turns out me? to really be a, a significant plot point mm-hmm.
1: yes payoff is pretty good later on uh, yeah uh, yeah Fair. And just saying like yes I i'm appreciate saying it's great the,
3: yeah <laughs> the flowers for algernon effect i think i was helpful and that it wasn't just like a macguffin with limitless power that there was some kind of like pendulum it,
1: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it did seem it sem- it seemed very macguffin-esque at the beginning but mm-hmm. it, thankfully it was did not it did not end up being that
2: uh, but yeah
1: um this sabat is also where we're introduced to the Toka, or Taka, I don't know how you all say it. Yes. Um, which we've already touched on. The uh, yeah. I noticed in their one of their introduction words, it's subhuman. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Savage is thrown around a lot. Very problematic.
3: Mm-hmm. And a very human-centric orientation of the galaxy, which I feel like Star Wars yes. isn't concerned with at all. So weird. But...
0: but- in some degree, um, it is like it was in the Expanded Universe canon previously that the Empire was specious to oh. a degree. And that's that, I think that that sense. they made that into more of a thing. I think I, I, I haven't really read these books too much, but I think it comes from like the Thrawn books mm-hmm. where part of what makes Thrawn like so impressive <laughs> is that he was able to rise to that level of power within the Empire despite being a Chiss.
2: Ah.
0: Um, you know, interesting. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So I don't know if that's like still a thing in like the new Disney Star Wars universe mm-hmm. where the uh, the Empire was like specious, but yeah, th- this book does not make that interesting at all. Like because like with with that, it's like okay, just more evidence that the Empire is like this you know evil like fascist you know regime. Um, but with this, it just really serves no purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: and even if we are taking these novels as like pre canon which they are they're supposed to take place mm. before he meets han and before he's saved by the jedi order mm. and becomes a good guy or whatever we we have to i don't know it just doesn't seem like even if you were like a space ruffian which it doesn't seem to be clearly communicated that lando is at this point he just likes to play poker so that he can buy more clothes i guess that yeah the yeah. fact <laughs> that he immediately is like hmm, this seems kind of whack but i guess it's fine yeah <laughs>
0: He just seems to have very...
3: If we're believing that like the forces inside all of us guiding us to be better people are the pseudo-Christian yeah. nonsense, then like... Lando
0: doesn't gel with that in this book, yeah.
3: Yeah, wouldn't he have some kind of thought to it? Though I guess he, he isn't as redeemed because the third movie isn't out yet at the time of his publishing, right? No, so, I don't
0: think Return was out. This came out in 83, though, didn't it? Oh, did it?
3: Yeah, but while he was writing it. Oh, like, I'm yeah, sure yeah, they didn't yeah, I'm the sure no. they didn't send him. Yeah, this now. was
0: like this was released this summer of uh, of Return of the Jedi yeah. in July. Uh, just to put it in context. <laughs> um, so talked about the life crystals, at so the Sabat game, and then goes back to the hotel.
3: Takes mm-hmm. a little nappy nap. So
0: does Voofy.
1: And this is where <laughs> things go sideways.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And we also get to see Um, the author's uh, distrust of the police, which is one of the few cool
1: things about
3: Mm -hmm. libertarians, Mm -hmm. but
1: they (laughs) don't always walk that walk. (laughs)
0: Lando
3: said a cab.
1: (laughs) I do want to go back just for one good throwaway line, just because we need to, I need to say this one Uh, before he leaves the, like during the Sabat game, one of the guys was like trying to, you know, barter saying like, Mm -hmm. I don't have any more money, but I have X, Y, Z. And, uh, lando says no but he says it in such a goofy way um sorry old fellow but it's cash on the tabletop or nothing business is business and sabak is sabak. which wow. i can totally see
3: it do be like that yeah but, <laughs> come on <laughs> it is great i have I did have a question while I was reading this is that they talk a lot about cash and they talk a lot about bills and there's bribery going on. And I cannot for the life of me remember a time where I saw Star Wars money existing physically in the universe. Do we I think we might see credits in episode one maybe yes but I thought he staff. had like a credit card or something like that he had some sort of like digital yeah, thingy it was something like that I think yeah because that's like the easiest hand wave you can do to be like mm-hmm. it's the future there's mm-hmm. no physical money mm-hmm. they just have stuff yeah. and then Wado's you yeah, know Wado's
0: like oh credits are no good out here I remember yes yeah.
3: yes
2: yes
0: but Wado by the way like Ooh. it really only recently dawned on me like to the true extent of like how anti-semitic that character is like before I was like yeah he's anti-semitic but now I'm like Oh we've got holy shit, this is like <laughs> disgusting. Because like I just remember, I, so I watched episode two again, mm-hmm. and in episode two, it's just like in case you didn't get it the first time in episode one, <laughs> it back. like really beats you over the head with how like he's got a hat now. Um oh, and, yes. like, he does have a hat. Yeah, yes. and like his like he's got basically like a like a scraggly beard and just like the 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 the, the elephant nose is just like so clearly a hook nose. And yeah. it's like it's this is worse than JK Rowling with the goblins, man. Oh man oh uh, god oh yeah i never that's the part that's never that, thought that about put it over the edge for me where i was just like i truly get it now never thought of that uh,
3: it's really intense oh man <laughs> oh god
0: all right <laughs> yeah george lucas loves to uncritically reproduce <laughs> racial stereotypes yeah. from the 20th century
3: <laughs> yeah. which all is right. not setting setting this novel up for much success in terms of yeah you know, nuances between mm-hmm. Relationship. Not a really
0: good foundation set there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the cops bust into the hotel, yeah. And
1: this is this is <laughs> Lando gets worked over, to say the least. Yeah. Um, he gets
3: arrested for like a like a not so, having the right sticker on his car, right?
1: Um. Well, and a whole litany of other things. Okay. Like the, they're all I mean they're all trumped up, but like mm-hmm. the minox was something that they he was gotten in trouble for. Great. Um, it, I mean it's list it, the end the end is list god can't talk list is endless um victor i think before we like when you got here earlier you had talked about um something very integral to the libertarian author and Vufy oh Rot, yeah and this is when we get introduced to that little yeah bit. so voofy
0: Ra is a pacifist and i'm like oh my god this robot literally has the non-aggression principle programmed into it and that is like one of the foundational things to libertarianism oh yeah did you think did you consider I, that?
3: I don't know what that is, oh
0: okay, yeah, so it's like a it's a libertarian thing, and it's like basically like libertarians are like if people all follow the non-aggression principle, that means we don't have to have government, so like it's like they're their view about like you know how like anarcho-capitalism can work basically uh, you know all voluntary associations and stuff blah 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 whatever. if we
3: all agree to not hit each other yes yeah, then we can do capitalism right
0: there's a lot of great jokes about it uh when rand paul got into that fight with his
3: neighbor oh yeah i was in kentucky at the time it was a great t- it was a great day i can imagine uh, <laughs> broke seven ribs piece of shit <laughs> Um, so that I thought was interesting I feel like yeah that he's like oh I'm programmed to not be able to hurt humans Ooh. and I was like that's convenient and then yeah. they do like but also he's pro- he's allowed to lie
0: yeah that was an interesting like I mean I guess because that can serve another function I suppose mm-hmm. like a, an altruistic function in some ways I suppose
3: yeah or well I guess this is coming from like a whole speaking of problematic sci-fi writers like asimov understanding of like robots which i feel mm-hmm. like informs a lot of characterizations of droids which were kind of like the next thing is that there were like evil fighty robots and then there were good robots that helped you and looked like a trash can mm-hmm. and then woofy Ra is like somewhere in the middle
1: and he doesn't look like anything like he looks like a starfish with tentacles. Yeah, he is
3: he's an ancient technology, I guess, and the fact that he's not allowed to fight even though the he was made by the we'll get to it. Never mind. I'm going to I'm going to percolate on this and we can keep moving.
1: <laughs> um you you were talking about the droids meant to kill things and that reminds me of when we were reading the solo novel. Uh there was a great bit where like basically the big bat is just he really likes watching robots kill each other like that's what he like gets his goat he has this like big fancy killing robot for um, killing other robots
3: very it good it was great
0: yeah. he was a very intense robot um, which um, so he's brought before uh, what's this guy's name
1: Dutzmer Dutzmer
0: okay. Dudismur, I don't know how you say it it's yeah you know, it's anything in yeah. Star Wars you read and you say I don't I've know got, I've got a fan casting for him for the end um, after I did some mm-hmm. research on period actors ooh, time period, yeah. I'm ready. Okay. Yeah, I guess we can just, I'll just say it now. It was Albert Finney um, who I didn't really recognize, but I realized he's been in a lot of stuff that I saw. Albert Finney's in a
2: lot of stuff. He's
0: kind of got like that same kind of face and he he was the right age at the time. Um, that kind of squat looking face.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What has he
3: been in? I don't
1: know. Just famous a, British A actor. list of things.
3: A list of things. I oh, he them. was Danny
1: Warbucks. That's oh.
3: it. Oh! Oh, wow. wow. That's, that's the most role.
1: Yeah. I think Albert Finney is incredible. Honestly, like, great.
3: Who's a. a we're saving Pancast for the end. Yeah. Okay. Keep him in we'll your pocket. It. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, this is where we meet Dutzmer and uh, we get all these trumped up charges. A couple of the other ones yes. would be concealing a weapon, which. Uh, lando makes a point of saying that was on the night tape like nightstand yes. um and my favorite one uh failing to settle his hotel bill which he, he- could not have done <laughs> he is currently in the
3: middle of acquiring i do like the 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 continued through the 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 expanded universe that lando always has like a tiny gun stashed away somewhere yeah
2: mm-hmm.
1: i'd like that i mean it makes sense i mean that's like you think about like the you know, Western. The gambler always mm-hmm. has like the tiny little Derringer, two shotter, yes. or like uh, one of the the slidey arm things, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a, very, very fitting for the character.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, okay, so where do we go after that? Um, so, like, oh, well, basically, so the other uh, the governor, um, you know, is like, "Fuck you, dude." I don't
1: know. He's, <laughs> this is this is how this is how they get Lando to this is how he gets Lando to do what he wants, and this is how we get our plot.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, and he's. It's all a conspiracy. This whole this whole thing, this whole scene with Duttmar is very much something I think we've seen a lot in these other books. Where it's just like, Mm -hmm. "Hey, did you know this guy's evil? Hey, look how evil he is. He's so evil." Um, like he's, you know, it's kind of a bashing over the head. But then a also, bit. like, you
0: know, all, like all villains that are like, you know, vaguely imperial. This guy is not an imperial, from what I understand, is he?
1: No, I didn't get the. But yeah, I, didn't get, I mean, but the they, imperials aren't even really talked about. It. I mean, yeah, we get a little bit mention of the republic, and we get a little bit mentioned of like an imperial starfighter. Yeah, but, but mm-hmm. instead, but we still get the trope of like
0: the, you know, the the, the regional governor or whatever, yeah. or like the, the bureaucrat, you know, like becoming like a simpering fool by the end. You yeah. know, getting like you know totally cowed somehow.
1: Yeah. So, uh, exactly. That's a nice little Star Wars trope to see mm-hmm. again. <laughs> um this is where we're introduced to yet another Toka and we get more of L. Neil Smith being bad. <laughs> is this
3: where we meet Moze?
1: No. Yeah. Um, well, no, he he comes back when we're back in the Spaceman's
2: Rest. Ah.
1: <laughs> I said yeah only because the name. I'm just
0: like I was I was just constantly thinking of uh the character Mike Sher sure played on the office.
1: Moose toits toits brother. Yes. Uh, this is where we met though. This is where we finally introduced to uh Ge- uh Sorcerer of Tund uh Gepta, what's his he's got a that's not his whole name. But
2: yeah.
0: He's a
1: he comes in with a literal like ninja move like a flashbang. Mm-hmm. Everyone's confused and he makes his grand interest, and yeah. he's like very condescending, God, very
3: And Lando's
0: like whatever. He just do some magic. He's like, like, like a past a, it. <laughs> a
3: smoke Hearing bomb you or say all of those words out loud gave me like extreme Trauma again. (laughs) I was like, "Uh." Well, like my favorite thing about Star Wars is that you have guys named like Klimp Grumkey and also guys named Luke, and that's like the whole spectrum. And I feel like maybe because we're in like a far off star system or whatever, but everybody had names that were all just like bent, crunched. and my brain just immediately ejects i'm like what is going on like getta, how am i supposed to keep track of all of these different <laughs> consonant sounds in my head yeah. <laughs> again if i was nine years old i might be more like fortified to that kind of stuff but sure. even still i like even when i was a nine-year-old who had very little things and didn't have to like cram in a whole book on the bus over mm-hmm. three days like i don't think that i would have had the the mental fortitude to retain a lot of these important character names especially when a lot of them disappear and then come back
0: yeah i feel like i would have put this book down if i if i had read it as a a kid Mm i would have taken it back to the library
3: but as a busy adult i also didn't really connect with it so like who is this book for
1: that's the
0: real question here (laughs) Uh, people that are so desperate for star wars they'll read anything yes
1: this is yes yeah that's about that's about as accurate as you can get But um so this wizard, he's got his agenda. Um but I would like well, to talk but, about Gepta just like physically. Okay. Oh yes, because he oh, is very interesting. He's wearing these so they're from this remote the remote ton system. Yeah, and
0: by the way, if like you should look up like the Wikipedia image of him, not you Cole, but like the listener at home mm-hmm. as Cole is describing this because he looks really cool.
1: His um his first name is Roker, by the way. <laughs> Um, Al Roker, <laughs> like, as played by Al Roker. I would say this illustration is, doesn't really match the, uh, the way it's described in the book, but that's okay. Um, but basically he's he's wearing these big formless robes, you can't see what he looks like mm-hmm. underneath. Mm-hmm. And then he's got a turban thing that with pieces of cloth over his face, so you can't see his face. Only his super crazy eyes, and then his voice sounds like it could be being modulated by, like, a synthesizer. But they're not sure. they But he can't tell. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really weird. That's the thing that weirds uh, Lando out is the the voice in the eyes. Yes. Everything else, he's like, whatever. This this asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and we get more more exposition and more... Yeah, talking we, about the mind harp. We learn that Dutz murs uh, is just, like, you know, a puppet, basically. And hey. he refers to uh, Roker as your pussonance, which is just weird. It Doesn't come off the tongue. Pusinence? I can't talk. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But uh, yeah, yeah, this is where we learned about the the, you know, the not MacGuffin, mm-hmm. the mind harp. Which yeah. what does it do?
0: So Lando's yeah, basically like forced to go look for this thing um, because I guess he fits the prophecy. Um, which is that, like a gambler? We don't know robot? about yet. Oh, that doesn't even come up yet. Yeah, we don't know why yet. Wow. I'm so no, 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 it no.
1: That, no, it, I mean, doesn't matter when we talk about it. <laughs> this is um, this is just them. Like he's getting Lando's being conned. The con RC being conned. Yes. You know, if you don't do, get us the mind harp. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we don't know where it is or how to get it. But we do have this handy key mm-hmm. that we think is a key. Um, which, by the way, is just that for the famous fork illusion, but like gold. Mm-hmm. Why, yeah, why so that's not?
0: that's another thing that um, they they do with this species, and you and you see like this ancient species that like perished long ago. They had a, an amazing civilization, which is like you know extremely common trope. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite instance of it is the uh, the Dwemer in uh, the Elder Scrolls. Um, oh. <laughs> but anyway, so the Shuru, you know, they like all their artifacts are just basically like
1: oh yeah, this optical is really cool. illusions, yeah, the optical illusions, and then they say everything is just like the big plastic like monoliths like pyramids and just big mm-hmm. you know sp- not spheres uh, sp- uh like pin- cylinders and mm-hmm. prisms and just big plastic looking shapes that are just impossibly huge yes. which does and then it's scattered all over the Rafa system all the planets have these big ruins and no one knows what they are and you can't get inside of them and it's kind of i mean it's a really fun setting
0: you mm-hmm.
2: know
1: lots of
0: mystery That's neat yeah um yeah i think that oh, you're kind of making me think about like some of the landscape of this the, the planet that they go to can we skip ahead of that yes
3: yeah well okay. not much else happens they yeah. get on the okay. they get on the ship they yeah. have some back and forth he goes
1: through a bunch of um this is where, that's how we meet Moses. is that mm-hmm. lando's like okay well i gotta figure out how to use this key Great. and basically he just goes and like he sits in like a bunch of bars and he ends up back in the spaceman's rest um and uh that's where Moe's comes, and that is our, our our third member of the crew. Yeah, he's, he's a toga, the lead yeah. singer or something. He's, he's got a tattoo on his forehead. That's how he. Could, that's how he's distinguished. He's of some sort
3: key. of of in the religion of, as I understood it, in this religion of the mind harp. He is like some kind of priest or like high ranking yes, religious exactly. figure of some of varying levels of importance. Yes, Mm -hmm. and he just serves as like a nuisance for most of it.
1: He also speaks with, uh, he speaks in old English, which is really annoying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really care for that, and it's it's not even real old English too. It's that like fake, weird old English.
1: The lady doth protest. Yeah, Yeah.
3: and there's no, there's no logic to it. You can, you can picture the author sitting down and being like verily i doeth this thing and it's yeah. like that's not it's like it's, like...
1: <sighs> it's just there to
3: make How him extra annoying. so much imagination
0: <laughs> like ah
3: and then just like kind of wimp out of it at the end yeah there are a lot of really great running starts to stuff in this novel but never really finish the lap i feel like
1: yeah, yeah i'd agree with that
3: and that the toka could have been really interesting, or that Moses as a character could have been really interesting, if Lando had any interest in interacting with any of these characters. But instead, we just get like the ambient noise of them, yeah, singing and him which is like, supposed to be kind of
1: annoying sounding, from what I understand, like how yes. I read it. It's supposed to be kind of like
3: well, they like communicate through song, yeah, right,
1: and it, at random intervals, and the toka are very underwritten, yes. Let's <laughs> say the least.
3: And yeah, why compile a crew full of nuisance characters? Like this, you gotta have a a Guardians of the Galaxy type, an Ocean's Eleven type, or like everybody can kind of stand on their <laughs> yeah. own.
1: Everyone's their own little piece of the puzzle. Yes. Very important, but also independent. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we get, yeah, th- th- Mo's and, and Lando basically, once we get introduced to them, they get into a scuffle. And they beat the shit out of each other. Mm -mm. Uh, Yes. But then he's like, okay, well, Moses, Lando wins. And then he's like, oh, great. We're going to go to the ship, meet us there. And the Toka, by the way, just because they're so unassuming, they just, like, people don't notice them. And so, like, he just disappears. Mm -hmm. And then he reappears in, (laughs) at the Millennium Falcon, before Vufi Ra (laughs) and Lando, and they took, like, a bus. Like, a real, like, a direct transport from the bar to the Millennium Falcon. And most just was like, yeah. I'm here. <laughs> and there's uh, all the people chanting. Yeah,
0: which was, like, that That was, like, one of the more psychedelic parts. Well, before the you get fir- to the, the, end. F- yeah, the first Yeah, that was, like,
1: the first moment where it's like, ooh, we're getting a little weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It, it definitely, like, yeah, it, it takes a while to get to the super weird stuff. It, it kind of eases you in in that way.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, so... Once we get there, we get on the ship and we're off to Rafa 11, I believe. Mhm.
0: No, Rafa 4 or 5. 5, right. Okay, yes, 5. Rapa 11 that
3: they're Rafa. all named the same planet. It's Really, a, like come on. Again, from a very casual consumer of these types of novels, I feel like it's just it's the kind of book that like makes you go back and reread things and be like, "Okay, which one was that one? Mm-hmm. Let me flip back to page 20 where they mentioned this guy. Like, who's this one? Yeah. What's this one? Is it so hard to name them all different things? Like Rafa Rafa Boo, Rafa Bai, Rafa B. Even that I think would be easier.
0: Yeah, that would be easier. It would be easier. Then yeah.
3: Roman numerals, which again, if we're if we're asking who this is for, the nine year old would mm. be learning a lot. I would have been
1: I would have literally just thought it was Rafa I X or Rafa yeah. Rafa mm-hmm. V. Rafa V. <laughs> I didn't figure out what Roman numerals really were until way older than I should have. Oh no. <laughs> it's fine. That was okay. probably like Eight.
0: I
3: don't know. Yeah, I feel like that's when you start to learn is when you start to learn how to read a clock.
0: I think I might have learned because of Bart Simpson in that one Simpsons episode (laughs) where like he encounters a bunch of Roman numerals and he's only able to remember because of like the Roman numerals at the of the Rocky movies. Ah. Yeah, and that's why I was like, oh, that's what those are.
3: (laughs) I feel like that about Star Wars also, where I'm like, which one is this? Because they're always like Episode X. I remember four. it
0: sturdy, I was like, why does it start with episode four? That's so weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean. And then, wow, I learned so much <laughs> as the years went on.
3: Okay, I take it back. This was a perfect choice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. So in, right around this time is when we learn about the, uh, the aforementioned, uh, what's the word? Uh, why Lando was chosen. Uh, oh, yeah, the prophecy. Prophecy. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Words just don't come to me. What's
3: um, his like official title? There's the emissary? emissary, and then, no. So he thinks the He's Emissary and the Keeper of the Key, I think. Keeper of the Keys. Yeah, Keeper the Key, bearer, like I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the
1: Emissary thing was, was interesting, because I'm like a Deep, Deep Space core. Nine fan. So. <laughs> um, so the legend foretelleth of a dark adventurer, an intrepid star sailor, with preternatural luck at games of chance, who shall come with a weird, inhuman companion in silvery armor arrayed. They shall possess the key in which to liberate the mind harp, which in turn shall liberate the. And then wow. we get one of the best lines in here. Well, I'll be double dyed, horn swaddled, and trussed up like a holiday fowl.
3: From oh, So <laughs> good.
1: And that's when Lando <laughs> figures out that he's just, you know, a rube.
3: Yeah. Also, if the, if Ufira was created by this ancient race, which means that robots have existed for like X amount of centuries or whatever. Why would they be calling it a weird inhuman companion? Wouldn't they just say they accompanied by a droid? They don't.
1: They didn't say that he's from this. Velvira um from an unknown uh, area. He but, said that he was awoken during. I don't know why I remember this. This is such a weird thing for me to remember. I'm like trying to remember where the thing else is in the book, but this uh, I remember. He was awakened in transport basically, and it messed up his
3: memory. Uh, Something weird to that effect. I mean, yeah, the enough. little things like that stick out to me, where they're like, a oh, weird inhuman companion. And it's like, well, you're in space. You've met aliens. What does that
1: mean? Well, I guess, to be fair, most of the aliens in Star Wars are by battle. Mm. That's
3: true. We gotta, Not
0: we all. Gotta, we got
1: to pick this up, guys. We're, oh, no. We are running pretty long.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know We're having too much fun. It's fine. going <laughs> um, to be a lot of cuts. Okay, so we go to, uh, what's it, Rafa 5? Rafa yeah. 5.
1: Yeah, we get to Rafa 5, um, we landed the largest pyramid on the planet, which yeah. apparently is also the largest pyramid in the whole system. And Lando makes a weird
0: decide about how the pyramid has bad taste, and that means that the Sharu were well-deserving of cultural extinction, and I was just like... Well,
1: yeah, that, that was a thing that
0: happened in this book. Yeah, you might as well just call their artwork degenerate, like, what the fuck?
3: <laughs> I do think when somebody wears a bad sweater, that they and their entire ancestors should be wiped off the face of the planet. <sighs>
1: um Um, we get some we get some lore though um from those that um that the archaeo astronomers hard word believe that rafa five was the original home of the shiru um and so that's just a little bit of lore so we know about that now yes so that's why we're on rafa five um uh and then they get immediately like ambushed basically we get immediately ambushed by toka like a, a yeah, and they have these things that people? are, like,
0: crossbows, but not crossbows. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I had a hard time
1: picturing it. It just, because he was just, like, they're crossbows, and then later he's just, like, they're not really crossbows, but they they look like it, and it's, like...
3: They're, cross, crossbows. they're crossbows that have magazines, yes. right? Because he's, like, I don't see them reloading it, so yeah, they must not it, be yeah. regular crossbows. Yeah. It's a crossbow. Like, okay, and they're small, right? Yeah. He said there's some line about death by a thousand Yes. Breaks. Yes,
1: there's a line about that. Mm-hmm. Um. But basically they they strong arm they they take Lando captive, yeah, so they then, kill vufi Rod. That's so sad. It is super sad. Um and that's when also we learn that like the to- the toker, by the way, are like perfect marksmen. Yes. They, can hit, they can hit a dime a hundred meters away with these things.
3: The polar opposite of stormtroopers.
1: Truly.
0: Yes. <laughs> and yet he calls them savages at every turn.
1: Every chance he gets. Um, so basically they march him for several hours um, to a trove of life tree, what are they called? Life trees? Life crystal trees? Yeah, it's like an orchard. Orchard, orchard, yeah. yeah. So so life crystals grow on these tree things that are actually pretty cool Mm -hmm. when they describe it. They look like cactuses, kind of, they take years to grow, they're -hmm. worth so much money, blah, blah, blah. Mm Yeah. Um, but, so the toka are like considered the perfect laborers for these because they're unaffected by the life crystals because they're already so dumb. And, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But if a regular, normal person is to, like, be near the tree even, like, their life is drained from them. And, like, it's just, like, they're, like, slowly, like, just Mm -hmm. killed.
3: Um, And this is, like, the catch of the life crystal is that they're literally made out of somebody else's life and intelligence. Yes,
1: exactly. Mm -hmm. So they they strip Lando of his clothes, put him in one of the Toka's signature gray loincloths, um... Leaving his cummerbund intact. Cummerbund on at <laughs> all times. So yeah, strange. In some respects. Yeah. Um, so he has his blaster that they just don't know about, in his cummerbund that they just leave on him, and they time to a life tree, and then we get. Uh... Oh, by the way, Rafa five a cold desert. Other thing yeah, very about very it, low it's... humidity. Um, the so... desert
3: gets real cold at night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It
1: does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, was... Yeah. So they time to a tree and we get a terrible terrible night for for Linda. Yeah, they yeah. they
3: say right before this that they know that they're not allowed to kill him because oh, of the that's prophecy right. and they're not allowed to take the key unless it is willingly given. So this is like their loophole because apparently leaving someone to die by a life tree like forcibly it doesn't count as killing. That's not to a
1: that's that, they didn't directly murder him.
3: That's that's that works for me, I <laughs> guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, but like Lando's mind is just like breaking down, and it's kind of like interesting to read a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we
1: get some like really crazy like. It, I think that part is actually pretty well written in mm-hmm. terms of like his mm-hmm. mind is just like bouncing one way or another. Yeah. He has no idea. Which you can tell that this was like the part that the author was like
0: most passionate about. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, for one of them. Yeah,
3: but also his his body is moving independently of his mind breaking down, and is like doing the the movie thing where he's like breaking himself out of his cuffs. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. and it's intercut. Am I remembering this right? It's intercut with Buffy Rock coming back to life.
1: Voofy Ra, yeah. it's sort of. Right. Boofy Ra just shows up after Lando is, like, walking along. But well, we know that Voofy Ra's alive, Lando doesn't, though.
2: Yes.
3: Because, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah there's, a, there's bits of him, like, waking up, and mm-hmm. he's like, I'm going to need to lubricate oh, for the first yes. time in my life. And I was yes. like, what? Lube up, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> and that he was like, oh, I'm going to have to go get repaired for the first time in many, 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 many years. And... I thought I thought it was so cheap I mean he died in already a pretty cheap way and that like we find out that he's gone because Lando just like happens to turn around during that whole like arrow siege and then Vufi Ra is like bleeding out into the sand basically which Mm -hmm. is like a horrifying image and then he's like okay gotta go on this march bye bye (laughs) and then and then we're like, oh, God. And we, I, what I thought was really effective in terms of their relationship was that he was worrying about him while yeah. he was marching. That's and then, like true. it was yeah. kind of consuming his thoughts to be like this poor robot. I've learned so much about him. And that was like yeah. a nice point in their relationship. And then while Lando is sort of going through this befuddling thing to read about, it's like, and also the robot is fine. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I, it was not clear to me at first that that's what was happening. It was very kind of it was written very.
3: It's tough. I also think the Google Doc we were reading, it could have benefited from some, like, lines or some different chapter delineations. Or, oh,
0: yeah. I mean, I copy-pasted yeah. this from, like, a, a PDF and that even... I found online. Yeah,
3: but... I, when I
1: see it, I, when I see, like, the weird page breaks, I always fix those. But, like, mm-hmm. it still doesn't. Oh, no, no There's no. still lots to fix. Well,
3: I also don't think that maybe this PDF had, like, the right demarcations between, like, when a character's perspective, mm-hmm. when the third-person perspective was changing a little bit. Oh, it sure. also is kind of unprecedented. Like, we've read, what, this is in, like, chapter... Eight or nine or twelve. This is like three-quarters of the way through the book. Yeah, and then thirds. we get a total like perspective change after yeah. sitting with Lando for most of the book, and then suddenly we're in Voofy Raz head for a while, and yeah. then we never speak about it ever again. Exactly.
1: It was I mean, it's it's very strange how it's it's the Lando show the whole way through and then two-thirds of the way book. Mm-hmm. We get and we also get a most a most bit too. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's really yeah, shifting that's perspective. Was, that's so. what was
3: giving me the, the movie script thing. And that like, if this was being filmed, we would have cuts between what everybody was kind of doing sure. to give you more urgency or like more of a context about like what Lando is doing. So we're not just watching him suffer in this orchard, but yeah. instead it was like, yeah, like what? <laughs>
1: Uh, so this brings us to uh, when we get a recurring character coming back that we haven't talked about, Jandler, who's <laughs> just like a local thug that's also one of the the local police. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He this is the this Constable will be Area the Force. third. Yes, thank you. The <laughs> third time we see him and final time actually. So he beats the shit out of uh, or tries to to he puts a gun on Lando yeah. in the sh- spaceman's rest because he's the former owner of the bar. Um, and then we see him again when he when they're getting on the Falcon after they pull out all the. They fuck up, the, you know, so they yes. can't travel far, blah, blah, blah. And then they come back and they're just on and off of five trying to like kill him and take the mind, the, the key back.
3: Mm-hmm. And the, it, 80, the 80s classic bully trope. Right? He's, he's just, he just doesn't like Lando. Exactly. And they're like filling in all the rest of it.
1: Um, but he, he turns face pretty quick on this. He's yeah. immediately like, yeah, I hate my bosses. You know what? I, I fucking. You won this one? I'll be <laughs> on <of> my way. <laughs> um, so Lando and vufi uh, they outsmart the the ambush, the second ambush. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't
3: is, even outsmart it. They he's just right. they, he's a coward. He shows up and then immediately leaves.
1: Yeah, it's very true.
3: I also would very much like to make an emphasis. Uh, Jandler Bing, thank you so much. <laughs> uh,
0: thank you. I could not
3: stop thinking about it.
0: That could not be
1: a better joke. <laughs> Perfect I <hate> friends. <laughs> I don't care for it, but I I know what did a lot of a lot of things. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. This yeah. is where we get one. I just wanted one more aside. We get a random line where they refer to flashlights as torches, yes. and then the next line they refer to it as flashlights, which is just a weird British American yeah. mix up. Uh, and then this is where we basically get to uh the pyramid yes um which is basically like the end of the book and also what the fuck yeah
3: uh, this is where the super trippy
1: the psychedelic aspect gets turned up to like what's past 11 any number 25 <laughs> out of 10
0: yeah so um i was having an incredibly hard time like imagining what was happening mm-hmm. here so it's super unclear if I mean, if you can guide me through this
1: goal. <laughs> i'll do my best Did you, do you think you have a pretty good grasp on that
3: a little bit i it felt very aggressive in terms of narration toward the reader yes. like it felt oh, it for was sure. a lot of work on you yeah. there's a really good word for this that i always forget that like but it's like some kind of fallacy where like when you're writing something that is supposed to be like bewildering for the character mm-hmm you make the the actual text like really bewildering or like if a character is super like depressed or angry then the text has to be really like Mm -hmm. angry. Or like if your character is like schizophrenic, for example, you're Mm -hmm. like it has to be represented on the page by like jumping all over the Mm -hmm. place. But it actually really impedes understanding of that character. And I feel like that was happening a lot in this where it's like we have to make it confusing. Because like it's a confusing place to Mm -hmm. be, but really it just ended up like we couldn't orient ourselves, and then we don't want to read the book anymore.
0: Yeah, I, I felt that a lot. And if I had to come up with a word for that, I would say state-based prose. Ooh. State-based prose. Yes.
3: My professors like would refer to it as, like, a something fallacy, and I cannot mm. remember the name of it. And I will probably remember it at, like, 4 a.m. And I'd be like, (gasps) the podcast. (laughs) But yeah, I also was very befuddled on what was going on. It felt very Hitchhiker's Guide to me
1: a little bit. Speaking of which, there was that throwaway line. They mentioned there's a throwaway line from Lando about Planet Douglas. And Victor made a comment on this and just being like, Planet Douglas, what the hell? And then immediately it was like, Douglas Adams. Yeah. Which was, and this is that era. Like this is. Oh. Well, I mean, when did Hitchhiker's Guide come out? Mid-70s?
3: Probably the first one.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, by all means, Douglas Adams wasn't established. Yeah. Probably a
3: big wink yeah. at that. But the hallway, if we can sort of breeze through to the hallway bit, felt yeah, very... Please. Let's keep
1: breezing. The, we're, <laughs> we're running long. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, that's, so that's like the... You're talking about the Vufi-Ra hallway thing? So, yes, 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 yes. So, so they like get in the pyramid. So we get three separate points of view here. Vufi-Ra is just like, because he's a robot, he's got radar, he knows that he's in all these weird rooms and he's like oh there's an impermeable spot so he's just mm-hmm. he's wandering these rooms he's just following he doesn't we he's, he's going mad and it's mm-hmm. been days um and then lando is just like hanging out he's panicking mose just does not give a shit he just is like i'm gonna sit down and this is where all of a sudden mose is like wow if i take my loincloth off and i fold this one end and then connected it's never ending but one side it's the Mobius loincloth. Yeah. It's the whole thing. Oh, yeah. And this is where he stops, <laughs> he stops talking in old English.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: there's this weird moment happening. Um, and then all of a sudden we get Mose and, and Lando reunite, and <laughs> we learn that Moe's has no more eyes. Yes. There's just his eyes are gone, but he can see with you know his mind's yeah, eye. The key he's got, man. Yeah.
3: He's got yeah. the um the like fancy Hollywood contacts that like white out your eyeballs, Yes. right? and it's implied that it's like some sort of function of the pyramid. It's like yes. he's like exchanged a part of himself in order to gain better understanding of the universe because he says what is seeing, Lando. And <laughs> I was, I was like, like whoa, bro. Dude, whoa. <laughs>
1: no tropics. <laughs> <laughs> New tropics, whatever. however you say that word? Um so yeah, we Mose and Lando link up and then we get um Lando has some eagle eyes here and he sees something shining in the corner of the room. He's like what is this? Turns out, fluffy Ra has been shrunk down to the size of just a few millimeters. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, Lando, uh, like he can still, I guess, project enough where Lando and Moe's can hear him, but uh, he's literally like microscopic, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like, <laughs> I think this is where the hijinks really start. I guess for this portion. Yes, the jinx so like, are. Oh wow! Around. Look uh, yeah. the sizes.
3: An important character detail about Lando is revealed in this moment, where he says, "I've always fancied an earring." Which I thought was truly wild. And maybe so I can wear my tiny robot as an earring.
1: And that's exactly what he does. And I, I think that totally, I think that tracks with Lando's character. Just given how much he and loves to, debonair. to be Debonair. <laughs> I think the, the earring would add. It would make it more of a pirate, though.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there was a complete lack of urgency in the pyramid, which also confused me a yes. lot. Yeah. But they were like, oh, cool, we're trapped in here. Let's talk about, like, body mods. And I mean, like, <laughs> the priest was,
0: like, literally willing to just, like, not let it happen. He's just like, oh, do we really have to do this now? <laughs> <laughs> His mind was being expanded.
1: Man. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is where everything goes kind of kind of wild. So Luffy is like communicating in these like weird staccato bursts because he's so small like he's gotta talk very big and this is where we learn that uh it's not that he's so small it's that Lando and Mo are so
3: big oh. <laughs> perspective dude <Whoa.
2: laughs>
1: um so yeah basically we've had two time differences as well Lando yeah. feels like he's been when, when they find Buffy rod Buffy rod's been in there for a couple days almost day and a half a mm-hmm. couple days mm-hmm. and then Lando's been like yeah it's been 20 minutes. Um, so we learned that there's also some time manipulation here, Mm -hmm. Um, but basically they just, they go into the ramp in the middle of the room that no one could see before. And then, uh, they're basically on a moving sidewalk. Um, Yes. And this takes up
3: basically the rest of the book up until like the end. Right. And there's the talking hallway. It's yes. like, you um, shall not pa- pass, and then it's fine. Like, uh, everything in this book is that everything is like, you can't do that. And Lando's like, what if I did? And mm-hmm. then it happens.
1: The hall was great. Um, so, but also interestingly is like, basically they go down to the core of the pyramid, and then they spiral, they spiral down and then come up, is how it's described on this moving sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere along the way, Moe's just disappears. Yep. Just into thin air. So you have no idea what happens to Moe's. And down. then Voofy Ra is like, who's Mose?"
3: Yes. Yeah. I've, I've never.
1: Really seen, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. There's Toka. We didn't. We didn't. There's no one. No one had a name. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Lando's kind of like losing a little bit. And as we're going down and coming up, we're seeing like layers of the planet, which was really cool. Oh, that was awesome. Um yeah. Like, oh, look here! Here's evidence of the first, or like multicelled organisms, and here's uh, some sea creatures. And, and Lando has like a line about like it's a starfish. You just like because it's got five sides. <laughs> 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 it's like, come on, dude. Um, yeah, we get to this hall, which has the history of the chero on the walls mm-hmm. in typical Lando fashion. It's like, I don't give a fuck about this. And he keeps walking. And that's when we introduce you yes. to the hall. And then we get the great line. The, what is it? What the hall do you think you're doing? Uh. Oh, my goodness.
3: <laughs> that like I took five points of psychic damage from that. It <laughs> was intense. In
0: the comments, you said it was, like, DreamWorks, like, circa, like, yeah. 2003 <laughs> or something, and I'm it like, does, that's exactly it.
3: It really is. It's like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? Yeah, and it's and like, yeah.
0: the character's being voiced by... Rima and Lando's Romano. like, you
3: stole my line! <laughs> it really, yeah, sums up to be really strange. And then it's revealed that the hall, like, tinkered with Vufira's memory for some reason... Mm-hmm. And that's why he can't remember Moe's. And he's like embarrassed about it. And then it never really comes to any kind of fruition. No. And then they get yeeted out back onto the planet, right?
1: Yeah. So they get the mind harp off this altar um, after the hall was like, no, don't. And then he was like, can you just make me? I'm just going to take it. And the was yeah. like, I, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then they, yeah, they leave and they just poof back on Rafa 4. Mm-hmm. And immediately they walk out and they're like, where the fuck are we? And Vfira immediately, ra immediately like, goes up to the nearest con- was it constabulary yeah. policeman. And he's like, this guy needs to be arrested. He's wanted by the governor. And the, the cop's like, I can't just arrest somebody. And he's like, I'll look it up, though.
3: <laughs> um, Let me just check real quick in my cop dictionary.
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's how we end up with uh, the big reveal. Vufi-Ra was a bad guy, though. Uh, sort of. Uh... Sort of. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, so Lando's brought in to the governor's office. We get Mers gloating, being like, haha, I have the mind harp. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, we learn that Mers is trying to step out on Gepta. He's trying to, you know, outsmart him. He's like, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna tell Gepda Gepta's all the way by Ralph of Five. That's like days away. Yes. We turned out it's not very days away. It's like <laughs> it's like hours maybe. <laughs> um and so yeah, Lando gets, uh, we learned that, you know, Luffy Ra was just this, like, he was programmed from the start. The, we learned the anthropologist from the beginning was in on the whole thing. Um, and, yeah, Lando's a big rube.
3: Yeah, they were waiting for somebody who fits the profile.
1: Yep. And so they had, it's just everything fell into place for these guys. And, mm-hmm. man, Lando played right into their hands. And so what happens to Lando? Gets thrown in prison. Where else would he go? He's not going to get out of out of town with those that uh cargo of life crystals he was promised. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get some happy happy ending. <laughs> uh and so, yeah. You yeah. know, it all comes down to just Lando being a chump.
3: Yeah.
0: Didn't did, I can't remember if you talked about this. Wasn't it revealed that the um the Toko were the Sharu the whole time? Yes. Um, we we're not we haven't figured that out yet. I thought you ju-
1: I thought you were wrapping up the books.
0: Oh no, no, no. No. <laughs> no, I mean like in the book, like okay. he
1: gets thrown in prison and so this whole a couple times during the book Lando goes like you know the chanting sounds familiar I don't know what it is but something Um, and apparently he's figured it out but you know we don't tell the readers that right Um, so all of a sudden his first day in prison he wakes up he gets hit by a cold blast of water that knocks him into the wall and then what happens earthquakes (laughs) (laughs) because we got like 10 pages left and we need to wrap this up nicely for Lando
3: (laughs) The, like, sprint to the finish in this book is truly bizarre. It, like, I
1: mean, we've had deus ex in the novels. This one is the
0: weirdest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people were noting that in, like, the Goodreads reviews I was reading.
3: That it, it just, like, barrels to a finish, and mm-hmm. it's like, end. we're yeah, done. It doesn't even like,
1: feel like an end. Mm-hmm. Like, at all. Like, so we get the earthquakes. The prison colony is just, like, just falling to pieces. The mm-hmm. guards are dipping out. No one gives a shit. You know, it's chaos, it's bedlam, and then uh, there's a cop that shows up and he's like, I need to take this prisoner, and Lano's like, fuck off, there's an earthquake! Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the cop's like, you're coming with me, and the other cop goes, I mean, he's mine, like, and he's like, the governor wants him, the guy's like, Take him. I don't care.
3: The weird like cop ownership between like prisoners was very interesting that he was like, you can't just have this, that they're like operating separately in the law. Mm-hmm. Another weird thing. So that they go back to the governor's office because they're like, that was enough prison for you, Lando. And then this is where I started to just like be completely confused at the ending. Well, it's because Vuffy, the cop was woofy Ra the whole time. Yes.
1: He was. So remember, he's a, he's a star. He's a starfish with tentacles going out he's walking on two of them using two of his arms and he has one in place of a head to hold the helmet in place which by the way their helmets have visors so you can't see their faces so guess what that cop that just took took lando away fluffy raw he's back and he's not a bad guy that's how that's how fluffy gets into bars
0: exactly
3: <laughs> <laughs> going to see an 18 and up show my no yeah. droids allowed no ra-
1: wait until they see me <laughs> So Lando's just like, like you know, fuck off! Like I don't, you betrayed me, you dirty dirtbag! And he's like, no, I mean that's just my programming. That programming's done. Like we're cool now. Like I'm trying to make up for it. <laughs> and Lando really gives up without much advice. he's yeah. like, yeah, he's okay, like okay,
3: that's fine. You betrayed me once, so <laughs> I guess that's out of your code now.
1: <laughs> um, and this is where uh, so we learn that the earthquake was caused by the mind harp. And then, so they're trying to escape because the planet is falling to pieces. We learn that every time that Merz tries to use the mind heart because he doesn't know what he's doing, he's yes. just causing more earthquakes. Yes. And, and Merz is kind of freaking out because he knows Gepta's coming for him. Because mm-hmm. he. There's a great line where he goes, I'm not. He he wasn't a typical movie villain where he would explain yes. his plan, but he calls up Gepta to gloat. And that's, like, the dumbest thing he could yes. have done.
3: Yes, a, a chapter begins with not, not like, a fictional villain. I'm like, this is fiction. It was such a weird wink to, like, the meta. Yeah. And that it would have been more... The reason that villains do that in fiction is because we don't get to hear their plans. And so it makes no sense to just have Lando carted off to prison and you're like, okay... But then his whole plan is he wants to control everybody's minds?
1: Yes. So no one knows what the does, but that's one of the rumors is that you can control all the minds in the system, possibly, like, the universe. And so, like, that's his plan. He's like, I'm not going to be the mayor of some dumb shithole planet. Mm -hmm. I'm going to control everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where it gets even weirder. Uh, they're trying to escape, so they're like, we got to go to the Millennium Falcon, because we got to get back to the Millennium Falcon, obviously.
2: Obviously.
1: And it turns out, you know, because, of course, no one even bothered to unpack the, you know, the life crystals. Like, he's still got all his shit in there. No one touched it. By the way, they've been gone four months. We forgot to mention yes.
2: that. Yes, 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 yes. Um,
1: again, the time displacement, so they've been yep. gone four months. Um, so the Millennium Falcon's just been sitting there, um, and so they get there, and the, the the gate lowers, or the ramp lowers, and who's standing there? Moe's.
3: In a suit. In
1: a suit. With psychedelic, uh, faceted eyes, to replace his, you know, broken ones. His old ones. Um, and so Lando's all concerned. He's like, "Well, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter." Moe explains that you know he had his mind opened, like just like how it was explained. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is where we learn that the Sharu are the Toka. Yes. Um, so the planet's imploding. They think so. They're they're hightailing out of there. And uh, we learn that the. Essentially, the Mind Harp is a big MacGuffin. They were just waiting for someone to come and get it. Um, and that they were hid, hiding, the Toka slash Sheru were hiding from some unnamed thing. They don't address it. They no. don't give it a name. We don't know. It's a mystery. That preyed on advanced civilizations. So to combat that, the Sheru developed the life crystals because it would make them dumber. Because it was, it was sucking the information out of their heads to store in supercomputers. Yeah, that face is correct. Well, (laughs) I'm about to say, man, this would be
0: so much better if it was just a 40-minute Star Trek episode. Like, that's a cool idea, but, like, you know, uh, the way it was presented was completely boring. Oh, yeah. Plus, it's (laughs) it's literally
1: thrown in the last few pages.
0: Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Um,
0: Yeah, this is,
3: like, on page, like, the the eighth to the end
1: end page. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's... Some sort of supercomputer sucking all the information out of the Toka's minds, which, by the way, have incredibly long lives, so we have no idea if these Toka are, like, the Shuru, if they're just descendants. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, and so when Moe's went in, he became, basically he became his former Sharu self.
2: Oh.
1: Something to that effect, or, like, some semblance of that. Um, and what the Mind Harp does is it brings out all of the original Sharu like colonies and cities and technology mm-hmm. so all those weird monoliths and pyramids are just like coverings for cities and stuff oh. something to that effect things are underground and underneath these coverings that's why they look like weird plastic they're just there to like preserve everything and so the, the reason they need to get the hell off the planet is because there's been thousands of years of you know building and etc and everything's going to get fucked up well it, it gets itself fixed. And then it just kind of ends with them in space and
3: it ends with them like blasting off into the sunset. Yeah. They're just like, okay.
1: There's n- not a good ending. Oh, squirrel. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's a squirrel outside and it's incredibly good. Wow. Oh wait, I'm sorry. No, the ending is him blasting Gepta's ship and then jetting into that. Ah, yes. You gotta blow that up first. Gotta
3: be pet. But Gepta
1: crawls out. Oh
3: unscathed. saving
1: it for the next
0: book, maybe. Still
3: good. Oh. So the next book is a continuation, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. We're not going to read those. I mean, we're just trying to do a survey of the expanded universe. Yeah, maybe we'll do a whole sequel season or something. it could be fun. Yeah. Well, okay. That kind of brings us to the end of the podcast then. So um, at the end, uh, we do a few things. Um, One thing we do is really quickly (laughs) just go around and if we have any ideas for fan castings of these characters based on, you know, actual period actors you know from the time period that this um mm-hmm. was released earlier i said albert finney is a possibility for myrrh um i don't know if you guys had any thoughts about other possible characters
3: oh that's tough because i could not tell you any working actors in that really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really have like- to wreck
0: your brain uh
3: oh wait okay um i think lando calrissian should be played by Billy D. Williams.
1: whoa <laughs> I like it. I Contro- like where your head's. Contro- very controversial. Controller. Stream strange, but I, I could get behind it. It could work.
3: Yes. I would like that very much. I feel like Kubrick should direct the um Psychedelic scenes oh, yeah. in the, the pyramid. Mm-hmm.
0: I for feel sure. like that was
3: very 2001 A Space Odyssey in my head.
0: He's he's good at taking other people's novels and doing weird things with them. So, yes.
3: if this was like a <laughs> miniseries, if this was like a mm-hmm. six episode miniseries and Kubrick directed the middle one where they're trapped in the pyramid and it's like a bottle episode, mm-hmm. I think that would be great. Yeah. And I would watch it.
2: Cool. And yeah. then the
3: rest of it was more episodic if we're like advocating for more episodic yeah. adaptations, which I am Got personally. Maybe fan,
0: fan director. There we go. Yeah. That's like a fan casted director. Oh, yeah. You don't cast a director, but you can be a casting director. <laughs> I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we got there. Okay. Any
1: any ideas from you, Cole? Um, so just generally, there's. Um, I feel like God, it's weird because this casting, like this book, doesn't really have like a lot of characters other than Durs, Ge- uh, Mers, mm-hmm. Gepta, Lando, and then you have a robot who. That's a whole other thing.
3: Was um, Anthony Stewart Head working in the early 80s? The um, Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I feel like he would be a really great Vafira.
1: I could see that. That could be good. He
3: was like a Shakespearean actor when he was younger. Oh, I feel for like. sure. So... Just anyone British. I feel like that's the Star Wars effect. It's like oh, your are British. yeah. I mean, if he was British. born in
0: 54, yeah, he'd be a working actor in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. he'd be Perfect. in his
1: prime so, adult years, yeah.
3: yeah. Um, Done
1: so. I think... No, I don't know. There's so many people who it's like I would want to cast, but like this is such a weird thing. Like, who would you cast as most? Like, who is an old man in the 80s? It. So I was kind of thinking, like, okay, I first went to Harry Dean Stanton because
0: he's always looked old. Yes. True. Um, but then I thought, what about the guy that played Grandpa Joe in. Um, in, Charlie uh, and the chocolate Pack yeah painting. because he was really good at playing frail but like you know you could tell that mm-hmm. there was like a spark there you yeah know? and you
3: have to have that like that transformation at yeah. the end where you're like very suave mm-hmm. and debonair another debonair person i really i feel like for all mm-hmm. of what i hated about this novel it really sets up something like really interesting of like oh now there's this hyper intelligent person who can like maybe challenge lando and like actually reveal things about the universe mm-hmm. but i have a feeling that the second novel doesn't necessarily deliver
0: yeah i don't on know it. who's to say it would be cool
3: it. to like watch them like spin around in space and try to figure this out yeah yeah
1: um i got one from mose okay the Ooh. dad from christmas story uh he was a character actor in the 80s
3: Ooh.
1: uh god you can play old yeah. old man mm-hmm. is his name old man I mean that's like literally just like what Darren they call McGavin. Him. They just call him yeah. the old man. Yeah. yeah. Darren McGavin. Mm-hmm. Um he could be good. I, I mean, I feel like he was, you know, like Just give me. him some white hair. He could probably just be hunched up and most of the time he'd be, you know, mm-hmm.
2: I mean, pretty. I
0: mean he plays scary, but I mean I mean he scares kid. me because he like is like he, he is actually like my dad. And my dad <laughs> loved a Christmas story too and took much pleasure in emulating
3: him. Wow. Well,
1: like looking into a mirror. Ooh, what about um the cigarette smoking man from Exile?
3: Oh. What would he
1: have looked like in the 80s? Hmm. Probably about the same as he did in the 90s. Yeah, true.
3: (laughs) I really pictured the toka as, like, people wearing a bunch of weird old prosthetics and not actually being old, weirdly. Or, like, their faces looked old but weren't necessarily because of age. Yeah, that's how they, like,
1: described them. Like, they Mm -hmm. they just looked old from birth.
3: Mm Mm-hmm and I yeah so I feel like there could be room to cast maybe a younger actor with That's a bunch scary. of weird goop on their face and then the reveal that he was like not as goopy and no. old and frail yeah could also be helpful I don't know I, can see it. I feel like you couldn't do goofy you the early 80s like it would be really bad 80s CGI it would be
0: so hard to do yeah But I mean, there could be some weird animatronics you could do in puppetry probably, Mm -hmm. but you'd have to do a lot of like trick photography and certain like weird angles and framing.
3: Like the guys in Labyrinth with the legs. Mm. I have not seen
0: Labyrinth. I need to (gasps) there was like I was watching something recently that made me want to watch it. I was watching like, oh, it was like one of those Vox Explained documentaries Mm -hmm. and they were like referencing Labyrinth a bunch and like, you know, there was like all this like footage from it. And I'm like, this looks so cool. Why haven't I seen this yet? I hear about it so much, so I need to see it. Yeah.
1: I've got another one. Okay. Gepta um, Rutger Hauer.
0: That would be nice. Yeah, because yeah, he has,
1: he's, he can be very kind of like mysterious and menacing. I mean, yeah, uh, in both uh, Die Hard and in uh... Blade Runner. Thank you. <laughs> Lovely. Blade Runner.
3: <laughs> yes. Con Artiste, Blade Runner.
0: <laughs> Esteemed feature. <person Blade> <laughs> Okay, well, so let's get to our ratings then. So we rate the episode based on three ratings. I mean, not the episode, the uh, book. Five and um, five. So the, and the, five. The, the three ratings are, um, what is it? Um, it's a contribution to lore. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then it's also um, camp value. And then overall. And then overall. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess if, if you'd like to start as you do. Okay. Um, so
3: contributions to lore, I think... So back is huge yeah. to how we value Lando now, so I would give it at least a solid four.
1: Are you going out of five or out of 10?
3: Out of five. Is Are we doing out of 10? We're doing out of 10. Oh, yes, okay. Um, <laughs> then I would, I'll round that up to a, like a seven and a half. Okay. Like I feel like that alone gets it out of the like failure category, yeah, but I agree. don't think that there's any much else that they retained. And they even, I looked it up on Wikipedia, they changed a lot of the Oh yeah, cards. I saw that
0: too. Yeah. Because um, like the fives are wild thing apparently makes no sense. Yes. Yeah.
3: It's very weird. There is a game you can play with tarot cards, but I don't know how to do it. There's, um, I know
0: that they sell like Sabak decks. Oh, really? Yeah, Disney sells them now. I mean, because they have them as props, probably for okay, like. Okay, yeah. Then dish, I'll yeah. round it
3: up to an eight. I think an eight out of ten. Yeah, if they I was can, about to say the same. If yeah. they can commodify uh, and turn it into a product, that's all Disney wants. Yeah, I'll say <laughs> I'll say eight too. What do you think on Laura Cole?
1: I'd say I'd say seven and a half eight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sabak alone is just so important, but also I think like a lot of just the background on Lando and like how we see like like. When we meet him in Empire, he's, you know, kind of preening, suave, like, mm-hmm. and they really, he, he, we get to dig mm-hmm. deep on that, you know, just his, yeah. his little, gotta have his cummerbund just right.
3: <laughs> I feel like cummerbund maybe was a euphemism for underwear, but went astray. because hmm. he it didn't down know for what cummerbund. Yeah. But who knows? Who knows? So the next one is Camp Value? Yes, yes. the
0: Camp Value. Ah! <sighs>
3: I didn't find this very campy at all, which was really a bummer because I love camp.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm going to say
3: like a four out of ten.
1: Yeah. I was right there. Probably like, I would say three to five would be my range settling on a four. It's just, it it takes itself pretty seriously. Yes. It really really, does. And then we get the weird psychedelic thing at the end, which not campy, psychedelic, Mm
2: -hmm. you know? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I would say yeah, t- two or three. Yeah, it was disappointing. Like usually, like the campiness is what saves some of these, uh, you know, earlier expanded mm-hmm. universe novels. The solo book was so campy. It was lovely. It was so good. Yeah, uh, you should read it. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Hansel at Stars End. Uh, yeah,
3: I don't. I wouldn't call it 2008 DreamWorks movie. Can't like humor campy.
0: No, it's <laughs> too Dreamworks. recent. It's yeah. Too. It's too trying too hard. You know. No, you there's
3: know. no. There was no like boring conversation anyway. Type like. Yeah. Wackadoo mm. type improvisation. So Agreed. I mean it's hard I like to. that
0: you cited that. That's like one of my things that I always like cite as like an example of how Star Wars humor should be
3: done. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> that, that's like what I hold on to in terms of like that's like my Han kernel, mm, you know. I'm yeah. like that's him. He's that's not in that smooth. He like ruins things. We're all fine <laughs> he's here. He's now. the blunt
1: <laughs> the blunt force. Mm-hmm. Like
3: Well, he cares so much, and that's what's good, is that he's trying not to care. He
1: pretends not to care.
3: (laughs) And I would say overall value. Yeah. Overall value is the the last rating, Mm -hmm. right? I would give it a... I would give it a loose five and a half out of ten. Okay. Okay. I I did not enjoy myself reading it. I was pondering who this... It was for the whole time, and I don't think I got the Star Wars emotion from it, which is Mm. what I... Value most out of Star Wars is the Star Wars emotion. 100%.
1: Okay. Thank yeah, you. I get that. I would probably go a little higher. I'd say like six and a half.
3: Okay. <laughs>
1: um, solely for the psychedelic portion in the pyramid, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. It was very Kubrickian in 2000, well, 2001, you know. But I mean, it's not great overall. I mean, mm-hmm. I think my six comes mostly from the pyramid scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, I'd have to
0: say, you know. Normally, I would probably say about a three if it wasn't for Sabak, mm-hmm. which I think the fact that it has Sabak brings it up to at least a five. Like it at least is like you kind of have to read it to understand the history of the expanded universe at the very least. So sure. I think that brings it up to that level. But otherwise, I mean, this author is clearly morally bankrupt. And uh, yes, <laughs> correct. His his interviews. Oh, wait, before we end, I just want to like did I did I talk about like the, bu- the book that he wrote?
2: No, no, please. Okay.
0: Do. I think this is the last thing we talk about. So this This is bonus (laughs) L L Neil Smith. He was known for a series of novels, In which uh, people living in a dystopian version of our current timeline, Mm -hmm. where, um, you know, basically America becomes like an eco-fascist anti-business state. (gasps) Yeah. Um, I'm um, tired.
3: (laughs) So this guy,
0: his characters discover an alternate universe in which um, during the Whiskey Rebellion, like some guy did something differently and didn't side with the federal government. So that made it so that the Constitution was never written and they just rewrote the Articles of Confederation to just, like, give the states just, like, unlimited power individually and everything was great. Oh and God. it was, like, a libertarian paradise. And then Ayn Rand became president in, like, 1943. No. And then she goes to space in 1950
3: and no. lands on the moon. <laughs> and where like, she stayed for the rest of her life, as she should. Put Ayn what Rand the on the f- moon. Fun.
2: 2020. <laughs> In
1: this, in this, the United States is referred to as the North American Confederacy.
2: Oh, God. Hmm,
0: Yeah, Confederacy, just completely normal, neutral term that is
1: not loaded in any way whatsoever. That doesn't mean anything. It just means a collection of people.
3: (laughs) I can feel my brain wilting just from the summary. You should look at this paperback cover. Oh, no. Wait, I
1: haven't
0: even seen the cover. The
3: probability brooch. Oh, it looks like um, every oh. class I took on, like, uh, globalization in college. It's like a big guy with a cape in front of what looks like a PowerPoint. It looks like a fascist. <laughs> <laughs> and now in this oh, wow. section of the... That's, that's probably, probably, like, look. the eco-fascist
0: or something. Oh, that is probably the big bad. That's probably why it looks so evil.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, all right, well. God. wow. So now that we all know that... Um, ending
3: on a high note
0: yeah ending on a high note well uh izzy do you have anything you want to plug before we uh end the podcast
3: um medicare for all hell thank yes you. thank
2: you <laughs> very wholesome <thoughtful>. i <laughs> invented it that.
3: i did not but you should <laughs> vote for it and it's really good and um, maybe don't yell at star wars actors on twitter i would oh, like to also yeah. plug that maybe don't do that mm-hmm. yeah seems silly and um i don't know get eight hours of sleep you can follow me on Twitter if you want. I all have like all private stuff, so I don't really want to plug that. Um, keep an, if you remember my name and you like thinking about um, science fiction and what it can do and stuff, I will be hopefully publishing things in the near future. So Boom. keep an eye out for that.
0: Yeah, but um, yeah. When they are published, we'll make sure to you know uh, give you a
1: shout out. Yeah, thanks you'll keep so getting much. plugged here. Don't you worry.
3: Yeah. Oh wow, <laughs> thanks. Otherwise, you know, be excellent to one another.
1: Appreciate that. <laughs> Ending radical. truly on a wholesome note.
3: Yeah.
1: Truly radical.
3: Uh, and uh, may the force be with you. Mm-hmm. Is that one of those? Do we uh, do we do that? I here? don't think we've
0: we, ever said that those words on the podcast. Oh my yet. god!
3: Oh no. <laughs>
0: that's good. No, this, <laughs> this is, is it, too much. It's waste. overdue. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? Here, I'm gonna end. I'm gonna. That's gonna be the last thing that we'll say, wow. and we're all gonna say it at the same time. Right. Okay. I, I, on th- right after I say three. Okay. Mm-hmm. One, two. Three, may the the force force be be with you.
1: you.